to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. And in this episode, we are joined by Chuck Poland from the Reptile Fight Club podcast right here on the NPR network. He is also one of the few people in the world to reproduce Halmahera scrub pythons. And he did it not once, but twice. And he's going into his third season now to try it again. We're going to discuss his experiences with establishing a group of these rare pythons and what are some of the reasons or thinking for them being such a difficult species to breed in captivity. We will also touch on Chuck's approach to keeping carpet pythons outside. Remember the old days of MP Owen when it was just a dream to have a rough scale and dream of breeding a Halmahera scrub? And dreams of various other creatures, yeah. On on the forums about, you know, not enough heat, too much heat. They live in the rainforest where it's raining all the time. 98 degrees constantly underneath a lamp pointed directly at their head. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. Chuck is, is, is... is on the right path to figuring it out. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about that. Um, and, you know, I've, gosh, I've had, how many have you worked with, Owen? Scrubs? Alma Harris scrubs. None. Not scrubs. None. Alma Harris, you never had them? Never yes, you worked. Did. It's no. like B. No. 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 I mean, they were I there. I didn't 10. touch them. Like, come on now. Because the Alma Harris are on this little pedestal in my mind. It's like. It, it, it's like touching various other creatures. It's like I feel like I'm gonna kill it if I look at it sideways, and I don't wanna. So I, I have handled Leave that to the big boys. Yeah, <laughs> not listen. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll handle my king snakes and stuff like that. My uh, I'll stay down here with the dirt snakes. It's uh, right. the helms. I mean, I've handled a couple. I've I've definitely checked them out. I've played with yours and Chris's and stuff like that. They're very cool. I just never. I always just kind of dipped a toe into scrubs a little bit. So I never really got into the, I feel like you have to spend a little bit of time with like, um, uh, tannin bar and then like move up the bar neck. And then maybe you can dip into a Halmahera after that. You know, I, I always felt like there's same thing with bowl and I, there are way better people working with this. I don't need to jump into this. <laughs> so. I like it. Owen. Right. I like it. I like your approach. Thank you. Uh, let, let, let everybody else. I'm going to leave it to the it. professionals. Just, I'm going to be over right. here. Yeah. <laughs> you just play one once yeah, a week on the podcast. I do. That's all right. Very rarely. If that, uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to be diving into it and talking about, uh, you know, all things, how my hair scrubs. And um, if there's time, um, Chuck also keeps his carpet pythons outside. What a dream. I mean, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk about that, too. But uh, before that, anything going on with you? Anything you want to hit on? Uh, nah. I mean, we're just keeping going. I, I, I finally assembled my cages. Um so yeah, sorry about that. No, nah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time Buddy's over, he's like, you know, Eric could have like got in the cage. I'm like, dude, he could have he could have lived in this cage. I it's could've. an eight yeah. foot cage. He would have been very happy in it. So um, what, what's going in there? Uh, olive pythons and my retic. Okay. And my retic. Isn't that a weird sentence? <laughs> 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 and my retic. And Yo, my retic, retic. bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my one retic that's just still here. Yeah, so um, is that the one from Matt? The yep, yep, yep. Purple pineapple, the whatever the fuck he said it was, and he's yeah, gonna get okay. mad at me when he listens because he's told me ten million times, times. Yeah, yeah, that it's like a, a <clears throat> platy tiger super het hippopotamus. I don't know. Who cares? Who gives a damn? <laughs> uh, 
So they're all moved in. Everything's not yet. Good? Not yet. I'm, I'm, oh. I got to put the branches and stuff in first. Um, oh, but branches! Look I know. The, well, the, when a tree Jeez, falls, nothing but the best. <laughs> when a tree falls in your yard, a normal mm. person is like, "I must call someone now to remove it." I am like, "I see some kick-ass branches here, so I'm gonna take my chainsaw. <laughs> I'm gonna go nuts." So these, this would have mm. been sitting out here waiting for this time. So you know. The idea of you with a chainsaw kind of makes me thing? nervous. I don't know why <laughs> Melissa lets me do this, but yes, very good. Okay, yep. yeah, not a lot of whole ha, a whole lot going on over here. Yeah, um, yeah, nothing really. It's um, weird. It's the weird slow portion of the year where it's like, what's happening? Well, nothing. Come back in a month or two. I'm probably gonna be drowning in eggs. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now we have. Uh, <laughs> are you ready for this weekend with the uh, snowmageddon that we're about to get? Uh, what? Well, you might not get it because you're further west. I'm it's not all that east. Further west? I mean, what's happening? I wasn't told of such things. <laughs> you don't even know? <laughs> no. Oh, right. How can you be a snake breeder and not Listen, be following Listen, not all the of us run Come a on, supermarket. Man. Then when the second is it's not a moon like cycle. it's the ground, everybody Jesus. freaks out and gets <laughs> eggs, milk, and bread. You know? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a foot this weekend. Shit. Yeah, but Shit. I think you might be in the clear. Though. I think I am because I don't see anything on my stuff. I think you're just screwed. <laughs> that means your yeah. stuff will breed, though, and mine will just stare at each other. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, we got that going on. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey, Rob's Let's, here. Uh, Rob is here. What's Rob up, Rob? Here. <laughs> how, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Had to be yeah. here to celebrate Chuck and his achievements. I can't believe it's taken so long to get him on here. Yeah, right. Whoever, who was in charge of scheduling? God, right? I don't know. Or at least back on here, what, it's been nine, what, nine or ten years, huh, Chuck? Yeah. I think, so. I think so. Yep. Something like that. There he is. Welcome, Chuck. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. <laughs> I, know I heard my name. I chimed in. That's fine. That's what that's usually what happens. Yes. There's no schedule here. I don't know how Justin runs the ship over there, but things are a little bit more loosey goosey on the uh Yeah, that was uh back in the days when we used to do uh the show live and we would do the chat on the forum. Oh my god. Remember those days? Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, the forum. I do miss the forum. You say I that do. constantly, but you know, thank God we're we've moved uh, past it. I'm sorry, my Gen X. Uh, Stop it! Stop forum, it! Stop forum of uh, love is more so than my Facebook. <laughs> well, do you, I mean, do you remember the days of just those fights that you were just like, "Oh my God, I got to go to bed." Yes. But when you wake up in the morning, you're like yeah. trying to catch up, and it's just like the read. you're riveted. Yeah, and you're, you're you're people. You can you know you just know from the the tempo of the conversation that 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 people are just fingers flying <laughs> keyboards were broken like yeah. yeah 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 that yeah. was the best i was i was i think it was cool too because you could disconnect from it right you yeah. couldn't do it on a yeah. phone or anything it was like you had to be on a computer and you had to be there and it was like you would soak up as much as you could and be like ah okay i had to come back later you know yeah, yeah. You, you could almost tell when Nick and Yasser would set the conversation down for a while and walk away and then they would come back because it would like you could like palpably tell that it came down like orders of magnitude and, and being heated and uh, it was so good. It was, so was good. great. It was oh, good. Man, it was the best. Yeah, that was, was I love that forum. Yeah. And everybody that was on it. Oh, it was great. It was so good. It really was. <laughs> but uh, oh, what are you going to do? 
Yeah. Now we're going to have, uh, I guess we're going to have virtual forum pretty soon. It's going to be, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. you're going to have yeah, like, but now you're uh, going to be able to scream at each you, other and like right. see each other, yell at each other. Yeah. So the octagon is going to be for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just going to have people in virtual, virtual, just beating each other from their own, <laughs> yeah. from their own living rooms. <laughs> A new angle Ooh. for reptile fight club. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, Owen, go ahead. You all start right. us off. So, Chuck, you're back. And obviously some things have changed from the last time we had you on to now. Uh, yeah. What made you want to work with the Halma Harris? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I, you know, I started into carpets back in the MP days mm-hmm. and um, was always a big Yasser fan and you know, he was a big scrub by uh, guy back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I first got into so I picked up a tannin bar that was an F two from Ryan Young, as uh, how I started into scrubs. And then Dave Prada Barnex, uh, mm-hmm. Clastolepis that I got from Triple L back in the day. And I mean, I was just like hooked. Like, oh my gosh, majestic, amazing. Um, you know, feisty, but yet you know, you, you kind of figure it out and it's fun. Uh, and that's really where I started. And, and, um, you know, kind of the, the, the Hera was the, um, the, the uncrackable nut back mm-hmm. then. And, you know, it was just like, I mean, nobody don't even get them. You're going to kill them. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, I was kind of like, like, like I think most people were and, and some are of like, Oh, I'm not, I don't want to mess with mm-hmm. this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kill him. But I mean, at, at some point I, I, I just was like, yeah, I do that. And I, I got on uh, cams. I got on Bushmasters uh, list nice. and cam had a trio come in and I, you know, got in touch with them and was like, I'll take them. And, uh, they, it was a reverse trio. So it was a, a female and two males. And I was like, I don't care. That's fine. I'll take it. Uh, I think I paid like 500 bucks for all three of them. Like Jesus. it was not expensive, <laughs> you know, it was not expensive. Yeah. Um, and so I said, yeah, well, why, you know, why not? What do I have to, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. And, um, was just really lucky to you know have guys like like Bob Rock here and and Justin and um, Terry Phillip and just mm-hmm. you know Ryan Young and just all these guys to just bounce all all these ideas off of and and like hey have you have you seen this have you what do you think about this where's your where's your head out about this and and uh, you know I just you know pulled a pulled a student of the serpent and i feel like i got kind of lucky you know uh honestly i i think it's you know i i know people working with a lot bigger group than i have uh Mm -hmm. who've had you know just as hard of a time and and it it wasn't easy i don't think you know establishing uh tracy a is an easy thing for anybody so it was there was definitely a struggle and you know you kind of take the struggle in in step by step Mm-hmm. uh increments so um you know i i mean i certainly when i first got them wasn't even thinking about breeding them like that was so far out of you know the realm but you know when i got them in 2011 um so you know it wow. was like after i kept them alive for a number of years i was like ah 
I'm next step. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing something okay here, you know. Yeah. That, that's a good this is a good sign. So yeah, it was just it, it just kind of was a natural progression for me. I've always I've liked scrub from scrubs from back in the day. I kind of think they're they're kind of the uh uh they're they're kind of the the bigger, you know, more majestic carpet python for me. Um and and I like, you know, I like the attitude. I like, you know, um but but I also I also think they get a bad rap, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I think you you definitely have those uh, just pissed off, you know, big scrubs that'll scare the shit out of you. Uh, but I mean, that said, I have had some carpets that were just like anything <laughs> anything I ever got from Todd and Carrie was Satan. Like it was just the <laughs> most crazy snake. So you know, I mean, all, 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 everything you know, everything can be a, a, a monster. It just depends on whether it's a you know a six foot monster or a 10 foot monster so. <laughs> just pick your poison you know yeah and then uh i i totally i like the idea i, I kind of feel like people would get a pair and then immediately chuck them together and be like it won't breed it's like no shit sherlock like you gotta give it give it some time to yeah establish so it, and that's definitely something so i it's cool that you got them and then it took all the way up to because this will be your third season going into it so it took uh, mm-hmm. a considerable amount of time so out of your helms um is do they have the same kind of phenotype i mean do they look alike because i know i've seen a bunch of different looking ones and i know eric had two that looked completely different from each other and mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of that going around too yeah there seems to be and you know i am not you know i i i am not the locality scrub i don't <laughs> I, I just don't follow it like i used to i'm not into it like i used to i'm i'm just over in my little corner doing what i do kind of thing yep. so i've seen you know people talking about different kind of phenotype looking tr- uh that that were supposedly collected in a different island or a different area and you know i definitely have seen you know stuff that's really light in color stuff that looks very prototypical stuff that has kind of weird pattern which you know to me fits with all of the scrubs and the carpets and everything in that kind of yeah you know um large orbital complex um they're just they are highly variable uh and and, you know i think early on what you know and you could see some of the like the exanic stuff and like Mm -hmm. you could see some of these examples of 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 you know mutations or phenotypes that are untypical but a lot of the early stuff coming in looked very similar and now we're starting to see stuff that doesn't look phenotypical mm-hmm. uh, as to what we've seen. And so most of my, all, all three of my adults are what I would consider pretty prototypical for, okay. um, for Tracy. A. Yeah. Um, but, but the, mm-hmm. the babies, some of them just like carpets or anything else look amazing. Some of them have, like, I have just these, these Browns that are, I mean, for, you know, a first generation wild, you know, captive bred animal Mm -hmm. look fantastic, like amazing, (laughs) fantastic, hard, hard to catch how great, like the photos look great, but hard to catch how great they look. Even better in person kind of a deal. Gotcha. And, and, but I also have animals that have kind of the Brown and this, this black, kind of contrast that's like just sick so it you know 
I, I see I see Tracy A going that direction of, you know, a- anything that gets kind of line bred, if it can get done to having some really cool looks that come out of them. It, you know, if we can get enough people producing them and and get, you know, uh, get get them kind of really going. That is cool. I do. Uh, yeah, that's super interesting, Chuck. You know, I've I've had probably 20, 20 to 25 wild ones. And there is such a range of looks that I'm so fascinated mm-hmm. to see as you're growing out, you know, as you're growing these things out, especially you keep you holding on to all of them and growing them out. Super interesting to see what the range, the natural range is out of what yours look like and having some, yeah. you know, insight into, okay, this is the parent phenotype and this is what the, the, they're then looking like, as opposed to sitting on a whole range of, you know, well, in 10 inches to six, seven foot long ones and saying, Oh, I have no idea what this comes from, you know, yeah. save the yeah. man. That striper was something, uh, that was a bummer, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. For sure. I, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I do, I, you know, I've contacted Ben Morel Morel and, and want to kind of, uh, get some sheds to him and kind of figure out, you know, genetic, genetic gender and then relatedness uh and and you know to be honest like when we'll mm-hmm. get into it later but i have no idea who the the sire is uh because i'm using multiple males like couldn't tell you um but <laughs> but but nonetheless some really interesting stuff comes when you use multiple males with scrub pythons so i know i know uh bob you and i have talked about that um it, you know it's it is uh it, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. I think it, you know, just in general with all snakes that we underestimate them. And it's one of these yeah. things where I think the obsession with wanting the lineage, whether it's morph based or whatever, has uh, led folks to have a lot less snakes about which to worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So multiple, uh, oh, we're, we're going to get into the multiple male things later because I don't want to just jump right into that because now I have all these other difficult species and I do have multiple males. I've been them. telling you this for shut up yeah. like months. No man. one's talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, I'm talking to Chuck. It's um, <laughs> so no, I think that's that. I like that idea because it's another outside of the box kind of a thing. So. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll get into the multiple male things sure. further down. So, but yeah, that's awesome. That's got my gears turning. So now I'm broken. <laughs> that's the um, best way. That is the best yeah. way. Is just get your gears turning. Get with people who get your gears turning because that that shit works. Yeah. Now, 100. Now I'm not thinking about anything else except all the questions. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so your your group can we kind of talk? Can you kind of touch a little bit about? what you kind of went through to establish them and 100%. what kind of like difficulties you might've had and also stuff you kind of used to help you out a little bit further around the, along that way. Sure. Um, so my animals came in in, uh, I think I got them in 2012. I approximate them to be 2011 animals. They were mm-hmm. roughly a hundred grams when they came in all uh, roughly all three of them. Um, I established them in tubs in my front closet of my living room and I just basically kept them in the dark. I mean, I would have the light, I'd have a light in there so they would have a light, but I didn't really, I didn't sweat like a day night cycle and, you know, um, they, they were on some belly heat, Mm -hmm. but I really wasn't trying to heat them heavily, um, 
you know, just let them chill and, uh, tried feeding. I think feeding took me maybe two months to get going. Uh, and I, you know, tried, I, I tried, I tried, um, rodents and then I, I, I definitely tried like fowl and, mm-hmm. and eventually I just kind of went back to rodents and I started drop feeding stuff and was just like, Hey, they're going to eat when they're going to eat. And I, I think that's probably a, a you know, a, a word of advice I would give is, is they're not eating because they're stressed out because they're don't feel comfortable. It's not because you're not offering the right prey source. Like when they're hungry, mm-hmm. they will eat. And mine just started eating. And, and so, you know, that's how I continued to just feed them is drop feed it and, and leave it in the middle, you know, leave it as after the lights went out, come back in the morning, eating. Ah, win. Awesome. Perfect. Move on. And um, I continued that until they were kind of feeding pretty regularly. And mm-hmm. then I moved them into uh, into tubs uh, and kept them in that kind of same same deal, kind of kept them, but but had them, you know, out of the closet where stuff was going on. They were not they were in a room where. Oh, they would see some foot traffic, but you know, it wasn't like a main room in my house. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, they weren't experiencing a lot of foot traffic. Uh, I have never given any of my Tracier hides or things like that. Uh, I wanted them to feel secure in their enclosure rather than hiding in their it, rather than feeling secure in something in their enclosure to me i wanted them to interact with that space and feel safe in that space and be able to move around that space mm-hmm. uh and so you know they would just curl up in a corner uh and hang out there and and i i kept doing that with once i got them into cages um and you know i mean i i they were I don't know. They were probably seven feet in 36 by 24 by 24 cages. Uh, you know, my, my male who was probably the biggest one of the time. I mean, he had a head that it was like, I don't know. It wasn't quite as big as my fist, but like he looked funny because his head was huge, <laughs> but his body was super slender. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I lean, lean, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and I still fed them. Like it wasn't like I didn't feed them. It's just, you know, when you're, when you're overfeeding them, they'll get fat, but they, they like to stay long and lean. And if you kind of just pay attention, you know, and, and you just like, like any, like any, uh, animal that, you know, has to fight for food, uh, they, they will eat at any opportunity. So you just need to resist the urge to feed them Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's pretty much, I mean, that pretty much covers, I, you know, how I kind of started them out. Um, I handled them a little bit when they were younger. I tried not to, I, you know, hands off as, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just kind of tried to do things that, continued that idea of hands off, um, where, you know, their space is their space. Um, and you're not always in there invading their space and, um, you know, let them kind of be like my yard, my yard. Um, right. And, and, you know, I mean, and it was really, it was really interesting because I had worked with, you know, some chondros 
and uh, I had some uh, Biot Chondros that I had gotten from Ed Bradley, and they were just like nervous, you know, really sketchy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, green tree pythons. And and like during the day, you could like, you know, if you were to touch them or tap them on the head, they'll duck their head. They don't want any part of you. They're, right. You know, they, they don't. Um, they, they they don't want conflict, but if you fuck with them too much, then they they want to fight. And the, and and I, that was really what I, it, you know, that's the correlation that I drew was like, oh, these guys are just like chondros and, mm-hmm. and, and nervous chondros, and um and and you know they 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 don't want any part of it. And and I think you know I I had heard Rob say uh, one time that um, he noticed that when he felt like they were really stressed is they freeze and that mm. dude hundred percent they freeze or they hide or that they're not they're not that fight you know like a typical like a typical um scrub python will kind of want to fight you or whatever nah uh, these guys don't really they're not i mean if you provoke them to the point where they feel like they need to be aggressive they will but mm. um and, and, you know, at a certain point, I just kind of left them alone, didn't mess with them. And at a certain point, it was like a, 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 a switch flipped in them. And all of a sudden, they just started acting like every other scrub that I've ever encountered. And now they're at the glass. They're like looking around. <laughs> what's going on? What you doing? You go feed me? What's going on? What you doing? You clean it? What's up? And, and, and you know, they're cool. Like they're, they're, they're fine. They'll, they'll smack, you know, if they think they see something move fast, they'll smash the glass. Like, oh, mm-hmm. th- th- coming at it, you know, like just very like stuff I'm used to. And that's when I saw that, I was like, aha. Ah. Okay. Okay. Now we're good. Now we're yeah. Now yep. now some things have changed, and I mm-hmm. think and I think getting getting them from point A, i.e., stuck in some closet in a tub in the front of your room in a dark in a dark off place to acting like that other that every other scrub that you've ever you know dealt with. That's the key. That's the mm-hmm. and it's a long it's a long term thing. It's a slow thing, and you just have to kind of let them do you know do you boo like let them do it you know and they 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 will they will i just you know and i think that you know it's easy for us to want to like intervene mm-hmm. in, in in our animals journey and and they're not about that they don't they're, they're like get out of my yard you know <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of like uh when you keep monitors like correctly Mm-hmm. I think crocodile monitors come to mind, right? They're walking around with a crocodile monitor on their shoulder at a show. They're like, look how tame it is. It's like, it's because it's like freezing cold. And, yeah. and it's, it's not, not rest and, yeah, to be. either temp stressed or, you know, <laughs> right. you know, acutely stressed. Uh, I'm so but glad you brought that you. up, Chuck. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. like, oh, the notion that they're somehow tame compared to everything else. No, they're just, you know, so stressed that their stress yeah. response is exactly what you described. So, mm. no, when they're feeling themselves, they're just like any other. So, yeah, actually, okay. you should and, hope and, that they and, become that way. And, and when they start to get that adult size, it's just like it's just like carpets. They go from that nervous snake to that confident snake. And they know they know they know when they're safe. You know, they know when yeah. they can strut out and they can, you know, not have to worry about it. And, and you and it's just it's just really interesting because you see that flip. And, and and I think anybody who's kept enough carpets kind of is like, yeah, OK, I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, you know, that nervous, bitey, flighty to that, like, no. Nah. 
I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah the, uh, freak, you know, the one year old that gets to that point where it's just like, eh, the water's over there. Get the yeah, fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, what, yeah. what were the cues that led you to say, okay, now it's time to move out of the closet? Or was it just like, I'm just, it's Rolling been long dice. enough, it's time to move? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, again, some of this was a, a while back. So I'm, I'm kind of just, you know, thinking yeah. back a little bit here as best mm-hmm. I can, but sure. um, I, you know, I think when it, when it, it was, they were feeding all, you know, drop feeding regularly. And I didn't feel like, you know, I didn't feel like um, moving them was going to, was going to set me back where I was like, all right, they seem to be in a routine. Right. Things seem to be steady here. Let's move them. Let's see how it goes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Things are still happening the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Now we're here. Um, and, and, you know, and it went from that to, to their intermediate sized enclosure and then eventually went into their uh, animal plastics cages. Um, okay. And I ended up breeding them, you know, keeping them for years and years in those AP cages and bred them in those AP cages. So, um, you know, it was it was one of those things where they probably needed new enclosures, but you know, I I, I they were doing so well in those, and they were used to them, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I just I I again I I think with hard to establish wild caught stuff that that long steady state economics of of their environment is a huge factor mm-hmm. in getting them to where they're like okay. I I feel comfortable and I'm ready to make reproductive decisions right now where right. if they're, if they're getting moved around and you know, you see it like people will be like, Oh, I, I had to move, I moved, I moved houses and I had to move my reptile room and I got nothing that year. Cause, cause the snakes yeah. are like, yo, everything's changed. I don't know, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Is it safe for me to you yeah. know, reproduce this year? I don't know. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to see mm-hmm. how this plays out. So, I mean, I think that's a, you know, and I, I don't see why a, a wild caught animal would be any different. If anything, they're probably more sketched out about it. Yeah. Right. And right. then uh, what is it? And you're always your best breeders, the ones that have been raised in your system from like day one, like mm-hmm. hatchlings all the way up. So it's like they they already know what the routine is and they know it's this is normal. This is yeah. what I'm used to. So, yeah. I think like a lot of people have this idea that with wild caught pythons or snakes or whatever that you know i'm just gonna hit it with some you know dewormer and it's a panic ready to go spray it down and there you go (laughs) and you know what's really interesting is uh i never i never dewormed i never did anything to them i just left them alone and i got so much shit for oh well you're not gonna be deworm it it's full of parasites and like okay i don't know it's poop looks pretty normal it's eating like not moving it's fine yeah why why am i gonna try and shove medicine down his throat or stab it with a needle like when everything doesn't it doesn't seem to warrant that and you know you you get stuff Mm -hmm. you've gotten stuff as wild caught that's like uh this this thing looks like shit this thing (laughs) something going on like if 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 it starts to eat and yeah maybe they look a little rough when you first get them in but once you get some food in them they start shedding and they start eating regularly you're like oh okay right. they look pretty good like when and, and if they clean up like that and there's and there's 
And there's a, there's no to me there's no need to go through all of that, especially if you know if if you're dealing with something that's you know not going to be bothered by it, then go go for it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But if you're right. if it's a high stress difficult thing, like you're just asking, rip for it up trouble. and yeah. shove a tube you're, down its yeah, throat. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm sure this is great I, for you. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It just died. I don't get it. So like, weird. What did I do? So, you know, I just I I think that, you know, and and, and that's not to say that stuff doesn't come loaded with parasites. If I were to get adults, Mm -hmm. they probably have parasites. But maybe my first priority isn't dealing with the parasites. It's getting them to feel comfortable so that the parasite load isn't sending them on a downward trajectory. Right. Because they had the parasite load out in the wild and they were just doing fine. And then they got all stressed out. And then they go downhill. So it's right. you know it's about the stress. It's about the acclimation. It's not necessarily about the parasite load. And if if you have an older animal that you're pretty sure has a parasite load, you can deal with that. But that probably shouldn't be your first priority. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So, um, what size Eric's muted? Eric, yeah, is, yeah. Eric <laughs> is muted. He just talks I, to himself every once in a while. About you, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was gonna say, like, uh, like you know, we're going back. When what did you say it was? 2011. Loving, yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. when I Well, I got them in 2012, but I, I I approximated them to be 2011 animals. Okay, okay, so no weather spark, no iPhone, no yeah, you, no, you, yep. none of that stuff is yep. like. How did you go about trying to figure out? Because there was a lot of debate back in the days on how to keep these things, and obviously, they, everybody was wrong. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> you know? well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I took you know the cue from everybody not having success and said, "Well, <laughs> don't don't do that." Nobody okay, fucking right knows yeah. what they're talking about, right? Like, so you know, I mean, it's 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 pretty safe to say whatever I try. And you know, I was kind of on that kick. Uh, where I had listened to, and I don't remember if it was an early NPR or a reptile radio that Terry Phillip did where he just, he just went through and he just was like, whatever you think, you know, you don't know. And if you're not experimenting, (laughs) don't tell me how it is. Right. Right. Yeah. You're not going to find a guy who's too much more successful with such a wide range of reptiles all under one roof. So, you know, when I heard that, I was just like, man, that, that, that flipped my lid. So I don't know what I'm talking about. And, you know, the conventional wisdom, like ball pythons were hard to breed when we first got them in, you know, chondros were impossible to breed when we first got them in. And now yeah, they're, sure. they're, you know, so there's no season like, for ball pythons. They just breed right, right. all the time. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where um, these things do fine in the wild. Uh, they, they, you know, once, once we f- understand what's happening, uh, they do find in captivity. So it's, it's, you know, it's an us getting out of the way mm-hmm. issue. Uh, and, you know, since unfortunately we provide all of the environmental inputs a lot of times for these animals, it's ours to screw up. Uh, and so, you know, I think I took a lot of what Terry said about uh, we keep stuff too warm mm-hmm. and that an average, a, py- a python's average preferred body temperatures around 80 degrees. And I was like, okay, well, let's see how that rolls. And that's how I started keeping them. And, and so in my snake room, uh, I hold a 
probably somewhere between 78 and 80 degrees year round. That is a flat ambient and, and some like the, all the babies, they get no supplemental heat. They just exist in that 78 to 80 degrees. They eat, they shed, they do everything fine. Uh, mm-hmm. And I see no reason, you know, I mean, what, you know, once I get them into cages and things like that, and, and I actually put them into a reproductive program, mm-hmm. I'm going to start cycling their, their temperatures. And, and I certainly cycle the adults temperatures a little bit, but primarily year round, if they're not um, in a reproductive cycle, they get that 80 degrees um, and it, it'll fluctuate day to night, but, but it's pretty steady. And, um, you know, if you look at, uh, if you look at weather data from, um, those islands, um, they would have you believe that it's very warm and mm-hmm. humid and, but, you know, if you think about what that environment is, is, is there's a tree canopy there. So, you know, if they're sitting up at the top of the tree canopy, maybe they're warmer or getting more sun, but it can be nice and cool down there. So in my mind, I thought, well, why don't we try it down there and see Mm -hmm. how that works? And, and I think, you know, one of the things that we do is we probably cook sperm by keeping males too warm. So I thought, yeah, "Eh, that's probably a cool thing to just keep them cooler and, and uh, see how that goes. And, and, um, and that definitely seemed to work for me. And, and uh, so I don't really offer any supplemental heat for anything until um, I start seeing uh, follicular development pass out or obviously, you know, right around the ovulation time. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, then I'll give them a basking spot of 85 degrees during the day. And then it, it goes back down to 80 at night, uh, just in the ambient or 78 to 80. Um, and they don't really seek out the heat that much. Um, they, they, you know, I mean, and leading up to breeding season, my adults, they don't, they don't, they're not after the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of felt like the stuff that I've seen in carpets outside has only just reinforced some of that with me. I know not, you know, necessarily same, same, but, um, I, 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 I don't believe that Python reproductive biology is like worlds and worlds apart. And I right. don't believe that, that, you know, Tracy A are, are, you know, some magic different thing than anything else. It's just something we're not, we're, we were missing something or, or we didn't have the right, we didn't have the two right animals to put together, or mm-hmm. we weren't putting enough of the right animals together or something like that, you know? Um, but, and, and this, I, it's it, everything that I've experienced is only kind of reinforced that idea with me. Right. So. Cool. Sorry, Owen, I didn't mean to. No, you're all good, man. So I was just going to ask, like, what size group are you working with currently? Because you originally started with your reverse trio. Did mm-hmm. you add any more? Nope. And that's it? Nope. Okay. Nothing. And then- Nothing has come in. I, I am very, like, uh, very close colony dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really didn't want to work with a big group cause I figure if you can do it with a small group, you could do it with a big group. And mm-hmm. I was more interested in figuring that, figuring out what, and, 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 you know, I, I had noticed early on that one of the males and, and the female just seemed to really gravitate to each other, almost to the point where you're like, Oh, these guys like, you know, they, they, they like pair bond almost, you know, mm-hmm. and, and okay. I don't know if that's necessarily the case or if the big male was just the dominant male and he would just cozy up to her because, you know, the, the, the other male was like, yeah, I don't, 
you know, <laughs> I don't want no beef. Like, go ahead, right. man. Go ahead. Yep. And, you know, um, so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that was about uh, necessarily, but um, yeah, I lost my train of thought on that question. <laughs> go back, go back. Um, <laughs> so you didn't add any new ones. You just kept no. with your yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, 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 just, yeah. All, I, I literally just have the three original mm-hmm. animals that I, I got through cam and they are the parents of, of both clutches. Uh, mm-hmm. the first clutch was an eight egg clutch. The second clutch was a five egg clutch. I think just somebody put me on the spot and I said there were 14 and I, I, I on reptile fight club and I'm like, there's not 14, there's 13. What the <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. You were off by one one holy well, crap you know yeah. I, I, I don't do, apparently don't do well when i'm on the spot like that like, oh, 14 oh what the you know you don't want to look like an idiot where'd that extra one come yourself. from yeah, Dude, I, yeah, yeah, that'd be great right yeah you know, if i could throw extras in there but yeah so yeah no, nothing nothing fancy not doing big groups mm-hmm. not trying to i really don't have the space uh to you know it, it's one of those things where uh you know, when I started breeding them that my plan along along was not to let them go. I, mm-hmm. I had seen the class Delepis thing where people had bred them and then sold them. And I, I mean, they just went out. I know, you know, Stephen Cush has some of those, the animals, but I couldn't tell you where any other clutch that was ever produced ever went. So mm-hmm. it was like, no, hold on to it. Um, see how it goes. Like what a rare opportunity to raise up a bunch of, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not commonly bred scrubs, like, yeah, no brainer yeah. for me. So, um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, once you get, you know, two clutches worth of scrubs, you're like, Oh crap, this is, this is going to be a, yeah. this is going to be a space problem. Right. So yeah, that's why I, I, I just was like, yeah, there's no way I would even, you know, and, and it's good. Like, like if I can get these going and other people can get theirs going, you know, we start swapping around genetics yeah. and, 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 you know, work for, for some biodiversity in, in these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, captive collections and, and I'd rather roll it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that idea better than like being like, cool price tag out. They yeah. go like, and yeah. then, yeah. yeah, this wasn't this, this question wasn't in the questions I sent you, but I'm curious has keeping these, the species taught you anything as a reptile keeper that, you know, you were surprised, like, made you say, wow, okay. Made you a better reptile keeper. Well, obviously, you know, it did, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, it makes you more observant. Like, just mm-hmm. when you kind of contextualize that idea of, like, nobody's doing this any better than you are. And so many people who are, you know, more well-known of a keeper uh, and have had so much more success from you just breeding snakes in general have struck out with this. Like it's, you know, it's, it's anybody's guess, anybody's game. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's the insights that you make right there in your area that, and, and, it, and it's, and it's, and it's important to understand that it's your room, your conditions, your situation, what's happening yep. there. And, and, you know, I always try to tell people like, okay, this is what worked for me, but I'm in San Diego, California, where, you know, 70 degrees and sunny is the predominance of our, you know, of our year. We have a, a, a marketed wet season that's fairly short, but can mm-hmm. be fairly intense. And, and 
um, my good, you know, my good years were wet years. So, you know, I think that's the way most people are, but I don't have a winter or, you know, so I have to rely on that wet period for any barometric, you know, uh, indicators. And, and it seems to, it's, but you know, what's weird too, is like the way I've started keeping, mm-hmm. uh, I cohabitate most everything. And I don't, I, I don't see locks. I don't see like, I, I, you know, all that breeding, all that breeding that you see when you introduce, it goes away. You mm-hmm. don't see it anymore. And, and I just, I just follow the body condition of the animal as it progress, as, as I know how it was last year and I track how it, you know, from last year to this year, am I seeing the same thing? I am. Okay. I'm still on track. And that's mm-hmm. the only way I can kind of tell, you know? Um, so yeah, gotcha. I, I mean, it's tough. Like I, you know, there's, there's so, there's so much that you learn when you do something like this that, you know, nobody's ever kind of really done before. And you don't know if it's just you totally being full of shit and like <laughs> over, you know, over humanizing everything. Like I saw this and that means this, or that means that, you know? And, and so, you know, having it being the second time and, and now working on the third, like, don't know. Oh, I, I have some, I have some suspicions that I'm onto some things, but I would like to confer, you know, confirm a third, fourth, fifth time before I'm like, yep. That's right. That's what I thought. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Right. So Yeah, because you see that with the Bolins, you know. I mean, some guys have success. Like look at Frederick, right? He yeah. Had yeah. knocked it out of the park and then he hasn't been able to like really recreate that same success. Yeah. Well, that was gonna be my question, Chuck. How many times have you moved since you bought those snakes? Never. Yeah. No. They've been they've huh. been in the I wonder same, if that's related. <laughs> yeah, no that, and that's what i'm saying I, I, that's 100 percent what i'm saying is i i have tried to so shots fired and, yeah and, and the, the the craziest part of it is that i you know bred them twice in those in those ap cages and then i built some different cages and i moved them when i gave them the year off so am i the biggest idiot in history i guess we'll find out right so yeah but but you know i'm watching them and everything so far seems to be tracking just like it was two years ago and the year before that so you know if i do strike out couldn't tell you why you know and and we'll just keep going with it until you know we try to get it back going but i mean i mean you know i don't know i i i like what i see so far i guess that's really all i can say about it you know but yes 100 percent. like it, it is about consistency i mean again these animals are trying to make reproductive decisions and inconsistencies, you know, they don't look at like day to day. They look at month to month, year to year. Right. Especially when they have to expend so much capital mm-hmm. in, in reproductive energy. Uh, and if they do it in a bad, you know, in bad conditions, it can it can potentially be life threatening for them. So they're very they're very um, in my estimation they're very very sensitive to changes in environment and and you know what i'm betting and what i'm hoping is that it's about it it, that they recognize that they're still in the snake's same snake room and that they're still under the same environmental conditions but that they're in a different place right i think they're smart enough to figure that kind of stuff out i give them that much credit um, they're still have the same nesting box attached to a different cage. So where they lay and, and, and the environmental conditions that they, uh, experience 
are going to be, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the same. The, same. The, the walls are still black, but they're they're wood and they're not plastic. And they have a shelf that's similar, but not the same. Mm-hmm. And and they have a different radiant panel size, but they're experiencing the same conditions under that. So you know things can change in there. But what I'm betting on is that you know in the grand scheme of things, they still recognize it as same same. So that's right. the hope, anyway. Right. Right. Cool. All right. Um, I guess I'll go. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I geek out about this, and it's kind of like why I love doing the podcast, is like you get to talk to people and sort of pick their brain and their process. So Mm -hmm. when you first got these, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? And when you got to where you were going to start breeding them, did you were you like, oh, that's dumb, or did you sort of just stick with your original plan? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I at first was you know scared shitless. I was, you know, I didn't want to kill them, like, I was like, you know, the I, I had a, a, a you know, a, a basically a long line of bad track record, uh, you know, to look back to and say, oh man, this you know, this is, this, this could go bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, you know, it it went from being scared and trying to say like, okay. Uh, and I think, you know, that, that being petrified, uh, started me to say like, okay, one thing at a time, what are, what are, what are, what are my priorities here? And, and chunking them up into like, get them feel secure, get them to feel secure, get them to eat. Once they eat, get them, you know, established in eating, then maybe move them out of, you know, uh, what could potentially be a sub ideal environment since they're in a dark closet all the time, you know, um, and go from there, you know? And I think, um, I, I just kind of continued to work that way. And I, you know, I started talking to people and I don't really remember. I, I, I I remember from the beginning being like i need to be very hands-off with these that was a very Mm -hmm. important thing to me and i don't remember i i i you know i'm not the first person to think of it uh i know that but i think i i don't think that i talked to anybody and got the idea but i was like you know what all because i had all these once they went into the ap cages uh, I had all these cages stacked on top of each other because they have, you know, those dowel pins. You can stack them all on top of each other in there. And I'm like, you know what? Wouldn't it be easier if I just cut a hole in all all the cages? So, so like, they go, you know, top to bottom all the way through. And then I'll just put, like, you know, a cap, like a, like a slider, you know, put a screw in one corner with a slider that kind of goes over the top of it so I can separate them because I, I tried to cohab feed them once. And, and that was just the biggest mistake. <laughs> like you do that once and you're like, I'm an it's a horrible idea. Thinking? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I have to separate them to feed them. Um, and oh man, you know, and once you kind of think about like, oh, that's so hands off, I can like let them, you know, and, and then once you do that, then you're like, okay, they can move where they want to. Oh, so wait, so now I can watch behaviors happen, you know, year round. I can, I can kind of control what I need to do without really handling them. I need to separate to feed them. 
um, and wait until the male and the female are separated, close the pastures, feed them, let them digest. And, you know, and, and after a while, you know, once I had bred them, I was like, well, I am just going to keep them fairly separate until we start leading up. And then I'm going to introduce them when I want to, but it's all on them. I'll just open it all up and then they can do what they want to do. But I had, I had watched enough of what they were doing to, to say like, okay, this is how it works with them. Uh, this is what they like to do. And, um, and, and you know, they, they, they do hang out together. Mm-hmm. Like, when I had it open year round, they totally hang out together. And, and the, the two, the two males don't hang out together. Well, no, I'm not even going to say that the two males will hang out together. They'll hang out in the same cage. Sometimes they hang out together together, but most of the time they're, they're separated in different corners of the cage or Mm. one's up in with the female, the other one's not. And, and I do say that I don't know who the sire is because I've caught the, 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 submissive male i would say uh with, with the female while the mm-hmm. other male was slipping you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i think it, the, i think there's you know a whole kind of you know bunch of stuff going on there that we just don't key into and i feel like you know cutting those paths pass throughs was one of those things where i was like ah that's a great idea and i know i didn't come up with that but but once i saw it work and i was like dude you can collect so much data uh, or or make so many observations about what's happening that uh, this is like this is gold like this is absolutely gold and it, and it, and it applies for to me I was like this would apply to anything that is difficult right yeah so I'm cutting those in all my cages like I got yeah. the one for the Timors <laughs> I'm like I'm eyeing up the white lip cages and I'm like those need a tunnel <laughs> like it yeah is like, and and, and, it, and soon. all of that all of that stuff is perfect yeah to to do that with you know I mean other than the fact that you're cutting giant holes holes in your in, shit. in in fairly, you know, I'm, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it does, it does take a level of commitment to, to, to kind of destroy your cage like that. But the benefits, if you like breeding hard to breed stuff, I think is definitely there for, for, for that. Um, yeah. And yeah. So I, I forget where we were with the original question, but um, yeah, I, I go. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah, no, it's I fine. Go. Ramble. That's what most of this show is, is just so, rambling. It's But that that was definitely, I think, one of the big things. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like I don't want to talk too much because I don't want to, like, go off on a tangent without addressing the question. What, did, what was that question again? Did you change up your... Um, scheme when you were getting ready to breed and yes. stuff like that okay. when you yeah, had yeah. it you had original yeah, yeah. plan and so, then this yeah yeah so i i didn't when you know when i was just kind of keeping him before i really got to trying to breed them i didn't think about cycle feeding them i didn't regularly feed them but you know i i occasionally fed them year round and i didn't really think about um you know food input for reproductive cycle that wasn't really on my mm-hmm. mind and that really came from Justin and and Terry and um and, you know and even Ryan uh you know that was one of those where it's like okay yeah that's probably a good idea um so and you know there's just let's see what else is it was there really any you know I, th- I think those were really kind of the big, like the big ones that, that I did that I felt like, you know, came from 
you know, just a change where, or, you know, where you're like, okay, I don't want to mess with these, but mm. how do I get them to do what I need them to do without messing? Oh yeah. Cut the pastors. Okay. And then, you know, you, you start talking to people and you're like, okay, well, these things are like years and years old. They're plenty big enough to breed. I mean, what do you think? Like, what, you know, do, do what, what should I do? You know, what, yeah. what do you, what do you think? Uh, do you think, you think cycle feeding is important? Like, you know, and, and it's that age old debate, right? Like we all have that debate. Like, does it matter? And there's plenty of people who do it without cycle feeding. And there's plenty of people who do it, who absolutely insist that it's important. So, you know, mm. again, is, you know, is that, is that one of the tickets? I don't know. Uh, but I feel like, and you know, I, I feel like the more you can leverage ideas that, that make it more likely that you will be successful, the better off you'll be. Right. So right. It, yeah. even if, even if cycle feeding is not important, doing it and cueing that it is only going to increase your success, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, cu cutting those pass-throughs and letting them move on their schedule only going to increase the chance that you don't miss that opportunity because they certainly know better than we do. You know, yeah. a nest box, making them feel secure, that is only going to help you increase the chance that you're having success. So it's like finding all those things that 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 make you, you know, increase the chance of you having success was kind of where my, you know, where my, by the time I was ready to breed them, that's where my head was at. And that's mm -hmm. where I've moved forward. And that, that's where I'll always stay now is, is, you know, I have no idea. And I don't think most people have any idea um, what to do. So it's just doing all those things you can possibly think of and talking to all those really smart people who could put a, uh, an idea in your head or give you, you know, an idea that they've had um, to help make you more successful. And I think that's, you know, bottom line, like none of us got here by ourselves. And a lot of mm -hmm. people could be like, don't do that. That doesn't work. Right. And, and I, you know, I, I feel like that keep them to keep them warm, keep them humid. Like we did that. It doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's Next. not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, there was definitely stuff that I didn't even have to consult people for that. I was just kind of like, <laughs> no. yeah, we're that didn't work. That, Next. Right? Yeah. And that doesn't work. Right. Uh, right. So cool. it's not a question I of mimicking Homohera. It's a question of being an excellent snake keeper who's responsive to what you're seeing in your animals and yeah. and giving them the opportunity to do what they want you know theoretically want to do anyway right you're facilitating justin, their choices 100 100 and, and and i think justin and i kind of talked about this a little bit but you know if you talk about if you look at the original uh barker species description it just basically says they're found throughout the homohara islands right right and 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 but there's elevation on that island. I think it goes up to like right. five thousand feet or something. So the 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 you know the climate at, at sea level versus the climate at elevation can be markedly different. If you've ever camped in the mountains, you know you know you're like, gosh, dang, it's cold up here, right? You get up, you're like, right. I did not bring the right sleeping bag. Right. Yeah. So, you know elevation can play a huge role you know where you're you, you know where these animals are at you know i, I mean if, if that is truly true then by that rationale um these animals have to be able to re reproduce under a variety of conditions because some of them are up on the mountain mm -hmm. some of them are down at sea level right so so it doesn't make sense and it doesn't make sense that they have to exist in this 
very finite, you know, temperature, uh, climate regime. Like that sucks. That's like, that's how the dodo bird, you know, would roll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a very successful reproductive strategy. If you have to have, you know, X, Y, and Z condition all the time, you, they have to be able to adapt. But at the same time, you know, it has to be consistent enough that they make those good choices, mm-hmm. uh, and, and are able to do it. So, you know, um, and that's that's kind of where I was like, yeah, throw it out the window. Let's see what you know, we did hot. We did hot and, and wet. Let, let's see what dry and 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 cooler does. And yeah, yeah, I I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'll never and I'll probably never give any of my pythons much above 85 degrees. I, I just won't. I yeah, I know. I have yeah, not I seen did. when we were over in Darwin. It's like if you had looked it up and like I'm going to keep my snakes like it says for the temperature in Darwin year round. It's like 110 degrees. That's not where you found the damn thing. Right, you found right. it in a gully where it was. Yeah, 70 they don't want to be in 110 degrees. And and those diamond pythons who will come out and mm. warm up and get up to 110, they're they're there for like 15 minutes Five and seconds, then they're back gone. hiding. Yeah, and 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 they're back down to that preferred mm-hmm. body temperature, and and then they ride that wave out until they can get the sun again. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to think about the adaptive, you know. Uh, advantages that uh, the animal that you're you're talking about right so you know the idea that these things would have to be kept warm all the time like that sucks like that's not how it works right (laughs) impossible yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 deserts get super you know readily like they get super hot but it gets super cold in the Mm -hmm. desert too so that's why you know that's why that's a tough snake because it has to be able to exist in both ends of the spectrum so you know you know, it's just one of those things where you have to kind of like, okay, what's going on here? What, like, what, what else other than what the weather report in Halma Harris says could, <laughs> could be going on here, right? Right. Did they breed at, um, like, did, is it normal Python window breeding time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. so I fall cool down stuff like that. Yep, yep. I do okay. I do a fall cool down, uh cut off food generally around you know November, December, January, depending upon what the weather's doing here. Um and I let them just clean out. Mm-hmm. Um and right, you know, generally like around, you know, Valentine's Day, February 14th, that's when I start kind of note like I I have a good indication um, and then all all the clutches had been laid um, in the middle of June. I mean, like cool. literally almost days apart in the middle of June. Um, gotcha. So uh, and then, you know, they're, they're roughly a, a, a long incubation period. So. <laughs> right. OK. Is it do they have cute like are you seeing the males cruise around the cage? And does that like. So, a, a- yeah, I mean. They they go, you know, from I go from feeding to not feeding um, and you can see them kind of make that change between always being hungry and always like, OK, I got to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat to. All right. Let's breed. Let's breed, you know, and and they become uninterested in food and then they start seeking each other out. And and that's when you start to see like 
all right, the males with the female, the other males excluded. Um, and you start to see them and it's fun. Cause you're like, you're, you check the cage and you'll be like, all right, this is the snapshot today. And then it'll be different. So, um, a, a lot of times, you know, uh, I know when I'm getting a weather event rolling in, mm-hmm. I will, I will only see one snake and it will be a male, uh, cause the other two are off gone somewhere. And so I take that like, cool, good. That's exactly, I want to see that. Like, but like I said, I never see, you know, when I was in inter- before, when I first started breeding them, I was, I was doing the introducing, right. Where, mm-hmm. where I would put one in the other's cage before I started doing the pass through stuff. Right. And I, I was like, this is dumb, but I would see copulations then. I don't, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't see it. Once I cut the pass-throughs and they were allowed to do what they want, I didn't see that anymore. I never see it anymore. So, um, you know, I, I yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I think it's pretty, it's a pretty typical, it's a pretty typical Python breeding season for them. Um, gotcha. Chuck, was there a year like between those two clutches? Carpets. Or was it? Yes. Well, was it so, a, no. a gap? So, yeah. Was there a gap or was it consecutive Between the years? first clutch and the second clutch? It was consecutive years. Really? So, mm-hmm. uh, wow. It was, yeah. So it was um, the the first year, um, which would have been what, 2019? I think so. Yeah, 2019. And then uh, 2020, 2021 off, now into 2022. Okay. Um, so the, the, the first, the first year was an eight egg clutch. The second year was a five egg clutch, um, a hundred percent fertility on both clutches. And then I gave them a year off and then we're going to try them again this year. So last year was off, but the, the two consecutive years or the two preceding years were breeding years. So not big clutches, just big eggs. Sure. That's just so fascinating. She was able to turn it around from mid June to, to going back into it. Yeah. That's amazing. And and I'll tell you what, um, you know, I gave her probably almost two months before I really started feeding her again too. Uh, so, you know, I just let her, and she really wasn't super interested in food after she laid. Um, but but, you know, right back on it, like really. And, and, you know, she wasn't huge either. So, mm-hmm. it's you know, I, I I hit her. I hit her decently with food. Um, I mean, I, I packed, you know, but but that again, that's when I was cycle feeding, too. So like there was a portion of the year where she went, you know, breeding again without food. Uh, and she was pretty she was pretty skinny by the end of that second clutch. And I was like, OK. We're going to take this one off. We're mm-hmm. going to let, let her build back up, build, you know, her calcium reserves, build everything, you know, her body condition back up. And she looks phenomenal right now. Just per, just perfect. It's perfect. So, um, super happy, super happy with the way it went. I, you know, I, um, would have liked to have seen a little bit bigger clutch the second time, but I totally mm-hmm. understand why I didn't, you know? Um, right. and I was like, ha ha, we did it once. We got to try it again. You know, yeah. like a hundred percent. Did you, so did you just, yeah. you move them out of those cages during that, the, the gap year, or did you not open the pass throughs yeah, or the gap, the gap, the gap year? Yeah. I, t- I totally, uh, I totally put them. So I, I, I sequestered them for the year off and then built the other cages during that year mm-hmm. and then moved, 
Uh, I moved the female in, then I moved the male, the big male, the uh, dominant male into the other cage. So I just have two big cages. They're five by 24 by 24 with an offset elevated uh, nesting box that they can kind of pass through. And then the pastures are cut between the two cages. And then I had the other male, the, the submissive male Mm -hmm. uh, in, in one of the AP cages. And when I started to get ready to breed them, I just put them all in those two cages, opened the pass-throughs, and just let them go. So, no type of combat or anything between nothing, the males, uh-uh. right? No, no, not at all. They 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 don't do that. Right. <laughs> they don't do that. They, it, like I, to the point where I was like, "Are these males?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything I'd ever heard was that they'll kill each other. Are right. these ma- are they, are these males really like? So you have and, to assume and, and that was just was guessing. Like, that was just sort of a presumption that, you know, again, how do people yeah. get in trouble presuming stuff, not actually trying it out? Yeah, and see how absolutely. It absolutely. So or somebody you, you somewhere is their animal died and they're like, ah, you must have killed the other one. And then that was it. So, yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, it was, you know, and and, you know, it's funny because, you know, when I started talking about using two males, that's when it kind of came out of like, what? I thought they killed each other. What? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, it, 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 it's just funny because there was a lot of people who would run around and said that for a long time and hmm. it's totally not the case. <laughs> it's totally not the case. So yeah, they are cool. not killing each other. So yeah, <laughs> clearly something somewhere is wrong. So this is why we always say like, uh, you know, the thing I always say is like, it's good to have this idea of what to do. But like, you know, you, you sort of have to then look at your snakes and watch mm. what they're doing. Similar to what Rob said earlier, like, you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't really give two shits what you're telling me on the internet. I'm telling you what's happening in front of my face. Right, and what I can smart see. And, yeah. <laughs> well, you know? And, and, you know, like when I, when I did the Inlands, um, mm. I was going to bring that up. I, <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell me that they were spring breeders. Like, I didn't know. Who knew? Uh, That was great. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and the other conventional wisdom was that they had to be bred, you know, later, four or five years. And mine mine went at three. So it was just like, you know, it's just. Chuck's the rule breaker. He's like breaking all the rules. (laughs) Just try it for yourself. It's your risk. It's your animals. And if you can do it safely, yeah. Don't listen to everybody else. Like, don't let them tell you how it is because if it, you know, what you'll find out is that that the animals will tell you. Like, no, nope, yeah, full of crap. Yeah. Right. So once the female, I guess my next question would be: once the female is sort of like in the you, you're she's progressing along. Was there any behaviors that they that she, that she did that stood yeah. out to you? So, uh, you know. You can kind of tell when when she's developing follicles and getting ready to go because they get really dark. It's like a hormonal color change where they just get super iridescent but really dark. And then once they get through that, uh, the I call it kind of they glow before they go. They get really bright, and then you can kind of like, okay, they ovulated. I'm pretty sure. I, I, like, you know, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I'm that 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 that's what that is okay. uh, i i noticed that and then um you know their basking behavior is funny because like so in the cage 
the the um, the nesting box is elevated and it's kind of right at the same height as the it's it's like I, the way I did it is just modeled after the AP uh, shelves that they have in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, she can kind of come out and like basically put her body right on the shelf from the from the hole of the nesting box. And then right basically under that is the the radiant panel. So, you know, she experiences a little bit warmer of a temperature associated to the nesting box, but then can also get to that 85 degrees, however she wants. And she'll just come out and put like the first third of her body under that heat she will never she she does not put the you know the last half or the you know any of the eggs underneath underneath that heat she just warms herself up and keeps the rest of that very cool uh, wow. that's one of the things i've definitely and it's like consistent like daily you can catch her doing that that's cool yeah, like to be the difference from like a normal carpet like invert belly get that heat onto those babies kind of a thing that's that's cool yeah, she she definitely doesn't isn't trying to direct heat, you know, any of those eggs when they're in her at all. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. And there's yeah. no light and in the cages, right? So we're strictly talking the, you know, the the heat panel rather than having any sort of bulb fixture, any sort of LEDs yeah, or anything. So- so I, I went ahead in the new cages and I put uh, a 24 inch phosphorescent fixture. So to offer kind of some UV mm-hmm. um, and, and, and it's off, you know, it's off to, to the other side of the cage. And it's funny because, you know, when they'll bask, sometimes they'll be under the, under the radiant panel, but then when they're not, they're on the other side by the UV light. And I'm like, is that because they just don't want, they like to be elevated, but they don't want to be under the heat it, or are they like really searching out that UV? And, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole falderall around like how important UV is for snakes, like I don't want to sit there and be like, no, my animal totally goes after that UV, totally does. And, you know, I, but, but, but I also question like, why are they so iridescent? Like, what is the, what is the function of iridescence in these snakes? And, yeah. and you know, you look at solar collectors and they're, you know, uh, very iridescent or, or you look at solar reflectors and they're highly iridescent. So mm-hmm. is that to, to shield them from some of the solar insulation that they may receive out in the wild? Or is that to help them, you know, receive some of that? I, I don't, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, uh, a smart man in, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Are there lights and panels in both cages? You know, so when you have the pass through yes. open, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So identical setups in both cages, uh, both elevated hides, um, you know, uh, 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 a radiant panel right there, um, right next to the to the elevated hide and then off to the other side of the the last probably, you know, two feet is is a 24 inch uh, phosphorescent. So, uh, yeah. But in theory, there is still That's a UV it. range, so they could be on the ground in the middle of the cage, and they'd be away from both options, and they're Everything, choosing yeah. to choosing this other option. Okay. Yep. Uh, pre-lay shed, all that kind of stuff, just typical yeah, python normal. stuff. Yeah. All, you said, yeah. you said yeah. the incubation was longer. Mm-hmm. What were we looking at for that? So, ten, I mean, you know, scrub, scrub incubations are roughly 90 to 100 days. So okay. they're they're way longer than, you know, 
the 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 sixty days that we're kind of carpet used to. <laughs> carpet um, used. To. <laughs> yeah, and so and I and I don't you know um, I don't subscribe to higher incubation temperatures. I incubated both of my clutches at about 85 degrees. So that's okay. gen- generally on the lower end for what I think most people, you know, I, w- when I was, when I learned, I thought, Oh, that's too low. You know, you'll get, you know, you could kill them yeah. that way or they, well. or they come out all funny or whatever. <laughs> and nah, I don't, I don't think that. And I, and, and part of the reason I think that, that, that scrubs should be, incubated at lower temperatures is because they have such a longer incubation period um you know it, yeah. it, you don't want to you don't want to cook hot and fast for something that's going to be in the egg a real long time um and you know i don't know how that works with monitors i don't i don't really know what what uh, incubation temperatures for monitors are but they tend to have pretty long incubation times so yeah. um, pretty I'd similar to what you're doing there chuck yeah yeah pretty that's, similar i mean that. that's kind of what i figured that's kind of what I figured. And, and I mean, and, you know, um, I know Marcel Hawkins was talking to a guy who kind of had done Clastolepis in Europe and had had repeated success. And, and, you know, he was, he was kind of suggesting, you know, that 87, something that's a little more typical for what you would see for like carpets or, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, but, but I just, I, I, you know, I, I kind of advised, uh, a, a lower temperature. I think it's a little safer for, for a long haul, uh, w- with scrubs. Um, but certainly, I mean, obviously there's an example of a guy who's had repeated success with class and he incubates at a higher temperature. So I, I mean, yeah. I will say that I think I had heard that he had lost, you know, he lost some eggs on the way. I did not lose any eggs, hundred percent hatch rate on both clutches. So, um, yeah, yeah. I was actually so thinking could, about it, knocking mine because I, I, I this this will be my third year for all of pythons, and uh, I have lost a, like an egg or two, and then I usually have at least one baby that goes the distance, hatches, and just is not okay, and just mm-hmm. crashes. So I've been actually thinking about knocking down the temp for the olive eggs. It's just that they keep coming around the time when the incubator's packed full of carpet eggs, and it's yeah, like that's the time. I only have one incubator. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I potentially have some carpet clutches this year. And, and so now the question is like, oh, do you know, does everybody get 85? Uh, <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like, I well, think we'll see. I know, well, yeah, hey, sure. I know for a fact you can incubate carpet eggs at 80 I was degrees. Just gonna say. Because <laughs> 80 my, my dumb yeah. ass did not plug in the incubator when I got a late clutch. I'm just like, here you go. Uh, and then I'm like, these things joke. have not hatched. And then I'm like, wait, oh, shit. So. It just takes longer. But so. again, and, and again, <laughs> it goes back to the idea that these animals have to have some plasticity in in conditions or they just wouldn't make it the, the millions of years that they have. Right. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it took a longer to get them going, but that was the only problem yeah. that I had. Sure. So sure. whatever. Yeah. Hey, man. And it's cool that you actually did that by mistake because yes, yes, I will go down in history. Of, you but know, no, what I'm saying is, it's like a lot of times those mistakes sort of, <laughs> you know, like push you out of that, <laughs> I, that rigid idea that they have to be X. My one mm-hmm. mention in the complete carpet, the next complete carpet python book will be this <laughs> dumbass who taught us that we don't need to plug in our incubators. Thank you, dumbass. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> my only mention 
How did you know? That's the section I knew it's I the read. next chapter. Yeah. Proofread it for just picture of me like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. No. Um, some of the best insights come from some of the worst mistakes. <laughs> yeah, man. Horrible yeah. mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as like incubating then babies, like how would you, how did you set up the Neos right when they got out? Um, so, uh, you know, let them just be all together till they were out of the egg. Um, you know, mine were, Wait, hold on. I have to stop here for a sec. Yeah. What was it like when that? Yeah. First that happened. Pipped yeah. Out of the egg. Dude, like, it, I, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't vote, you know, like, well, so first of all, getting the eggs is one where you're just right. Like, oh my God. Right. Uh, and then you're, then, then the realization of like, Oh my God, I got to do this for 90 days. Like I'm going to be a mess. Like, and so, you know, you're checking on it like, okay, still the same. nothing's dead. Oh my God, we're good. Okay. And you know, after a while, and then after you get like three, 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 four weeks in of that, you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave these alone, pop the top, you know, circulate the air every once in a, a little while and, and we'll rock. And But yeah, one, right. w- once those things pipped, I was just like, hell yeah, dude. I I, I mean, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And that's awesome. Just just to see how they turned out. And right. Um, it, it was just like, man, it, it, it met every expectation that I had for sure. Nice. OK, sorry. I didn't mean to jump in. No, but, you to- know, I- no totally understandable. <laughs> totally understandable. Dude, I, he probably did that double take thing that I do where I'm like, open the door. And I've done this a million times. Eggs are still there. Close. Wait, open the door. Flip it <laughs> up. Little face. Like, yeah. And then you're like, then yeah. you just freak out. Yeah. 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 So for sure. For sure. But it is. I mean, it's uh, it's very surreal, surreal. And, you know, I don't consider myself like anybody special or or like i don't i that's not how i think of myself so to to be like oh my god i did it like it it's it happened you know it's just a really weird it's a weird thing for me you know like i i mean i i didn't you know if you would have told me when i got those that that's where i would have ended up like wouldn't Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have bought it you know i wouldn't (laughs) have bought it cool right cool okay so what did they look like yeah so they look just like the adults. Uh, they, they don't come out red. Uh, they, they they're dark. You know they're they're dark. So like you know how you know how um, Tracy A will get dark before they shed. They look like that. Mm-hmm. They look like they look like unshed Tracy A. And oh by the way, they shed pretty soon after they come out, and then they look just like normal Tracy A. So they're one right. of those scrubs that don't that they look exactly like the adult coloration which is super interesting i guarantee there's some to- type of predation reason for that uh, mm-hmm. you know uh what why they would look no different um so yeah i mean just absolutely like little you know little mini uh adults so that's so fantastic chuck i'm gonna cut off eric for a second and then he can tell you uh kind of relay the story from his perspective but i had gotten from cam in 2004 uh, a couple little they must have been 10 inches you know they fit under a four inch terracotta saucer you know the bottom of the the bottom of the pop that you'll Mm. they fit underneath those um and they were exactly the coloration you're describing and so I, yep. from there forward, told people, the, there's no way these things are born red. You couldn't, yeah. you know, there's no way these snakes, and there's I'm sitting no up, yeah. th- these have to be, you know, sub sub a month for sure, but probably more yeah. like just yeah. hatched out, That what I had. Yeah. And uh, 
Totally. So when uh, OKC uh, had theirs hatch out, we were in Brisbane. We were in Australia when yeah. we saw the stuff come through that they had hatched out. And uh, Eric, now you can pick up the story, uh, what happened in our little uh, Airbnb when we saw that well, post. We were waiting for, I think we were waiting for, were we waiting for Scott to come pick us up to take us coastal carpet hunting? Anyway, I was about to eat some Vegemite and toast in our little Airbnb. God, that is horrible. For the first time. And all I hear is Rob saying, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! Heck Screw yeah. you, people! Yep. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think Rob got a lot of shit for that for years, saying that he was crazy. So I understand right because I mean, it w- it does make him an outlier for sure, and I recognize that. But at the yes, same sir. time, I was sitting there going, "Yeah, I had some that were the size of a newborn carpet python, you know, a large newborn carpet python, and it's like, and they're fairly big babies yeah. when they're born. So yeah. you know, I mean. Like what you're talking about sounds very close to out of the egg, like not, you know. Yeah, and they not, shed right not, away. So not months and know, months in. Yeah, 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 right. And and you know, I wonder, and I just wonder if 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 the stuff that's because there have been several people, you being one, and I forget who else was. Maybe maybe it was. Uh, I know Dave Barker got some that he he thought must have been older than he thought because they weren't read. So I found this out retroactively when they were putting together the book and I'd sent him some pictures of what I had had. And he was like, no, I don't think those are, uh, you know, young enough. Essentially he was doubting his own intuition at looking at the animal and what it would hatch out like, because I think maybe five or six or seven years earlier from that. So we're talking the late nineties, they had a similar, uh, they got, four or five of them that were the probably the same size and the same same age and i will point out right yeah. that this is the same time frame that so in dan natusha's paper he talks about um you know the farm hatching tracier because he was looking at tracier eggs yeah. the weird bit is they were not marketed yeah. as having been captive ha- you know there wasn't presentation of that type and i asked vladimir about it and i was like hey did you read the you know, we, uh, he's from Kyrgyzstan. And so we, we had bonded over that. And, um, there was, uh, yeah, the whole thing was super interesting and weird. And I've, I've never, mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of the whole thing with Daniel's paper mm-hmm. and measuring those eggs and if that was right or not. And if then the, the eggs he measured were the babies that I received or what, but yeah, it was, the whole thing has been super interesting to me. Yeah. And, hmm. and, and clearly, you know, there have been animals that have come in that are so small that w- one would say that, you know, um, maybe they've been, you know, farm hatched, you know, and we're just not hearing about it. They're not, right. you know, it's not to us. It's like some monumental accomplishment to them. They're like, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> these things come yeah. in all the time and just drop yeah. eggs. It's fine. Yeah. So, so I don't know. You I don't know, think we're I, quite I mean, there, Owen. You know, I, as you know, I, I was <laughs> laughing. You know, here as Chuck was talking about, oh, other people and all these things, and I was like, well, Chuck, as far as I know, it's it's at least in private Are hands, people? it's basically you. So, you know, so uh, and then you know, okay, see, and maybe the European thing or not or whatever. You have better insight to that, but yeah, I don't think you're you're yeah, one of I, many. Well, and I mean, Shane's Shane's mm-hmm. done. Shane's, Shane's uh, like yeah, Shane's stuff. And, How and, could I forget uh, about Shane? Uh, that's I feel yeah. bad. I know. I was. I feel say. terrible. Yeah. yeah, Shane stuff. Yeah, and what and, a great dude. Was, Shane's was, so great. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I guess I was a little surprised that I had heard that the guy over in Europe had sold all of all of the ones that he had hatched. So I was just kind of like, ah, damn. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's just. Sorry, I got dogs. It's, nah, no worries. Yeah, we all have them. <laughs> so, yeah. so right there. <laughs> yeah, but yours aren't screwing up your your. Nobody's interview. knocking on the door right now. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you ring those bell, those dachshunds will go forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, um. So, what is the temperament like for the the babies? F, the babies, yeah. yeah. They're super chill when they come out. Like I was like, really? I I I I thought like, oh. That you know, uh, captive bred uh, Tracier are like they're super calm and they're like, and now they're they're they act just like regular scrubs. Like they'll <laughs> bite the shit out of you and like they're, they're you know they got that same kind of nervous titch to them. Not quite as bad, but still like you know they're you know if you get them out to clean and you set them on a perch, they're like missile seeking you. You know what I mean? They're cool. They're, they're looking for their moving target and you know, they'll, they'll lunge at you. Um, but man, when they, when they first hatch and this was both clutches, they were just chill as chill could be. Um, didn't, mm. di- wouldn't start anything, not bitey at all. Um, some of them ate like right out of the egg, almost That's like nuts. no shed. Uh, some of them waited till they shed. Some of them were like, I'm not eating. I had to, you know, assist feed, uh, two of them from the first clutch and they just they you know it's it's like it's like you know a typical clutch like yeah. some of them are right. amazing just come out some of them are you know uh, and some of them just are like i don't care if i die i'm never gonna eat you know <laughs> and you get them going and you're like did i do the right thing but you know i mean when you hatch out tracy a it's it's so rare that you're like you ain't gonna look at that you're not <laughs> no. you're gonna eat this, this is not an option yeah. Yeah. Like, it yeah. is it. we've got this far god yep. damn it no. yep. oh hell for no sure. Yeah. for sure so what are they eating hoppers yeah 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 yep yep frozen yeah. thawed or live or what did you have to do there um, so first clutch i had a hard time with frozen thawed mm. i had to start them all pretty much live and then they transitioned fairly easy um, after I got them doing live a couple times. But the second clutch took Frozen Thawed, like the ones that right. ate right away, they just, they, they ate right away and didn't, you know, no muss, no fuss. Like, that's awesome. Absolutely striking off tongs, you know. So I was like, hmm. cool. You know, that was nice. So, yeah. What it, about as, what about as far as, um, uh, oh shit, I totally lost my train of thought. I do that too. The setup. Right? What? Are, how are you doing the set? Because you mentioned them not having a lot of heat and all that. So how are you setting up the babies? Yeah. So um, news. You know, not newspaper, but uh, like uh, paper towels, uh, water dish, and then uh, okay. I have like a, uh, I think it's an AP cage, but I think they're what's a shoebox? Is an eight quart? So these five, are these six five, quart. Six, okay, five or so six, these are yeah. probably these are probably sixteen quart, so they're a okay. little bit bigger, and oh, they yeah. have like kind of like ridges on the end. So I just cut a, like a piece of um, like oh, it's probably three eighths like PEX tubing that you can get at Home Depot, and I just mm-hmm. kind of set it. I just kind of set it in those. It kind of locks into those two corners, and that's that's all I do. Just simple, easy, like nothing nothing fancy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, keep it keep it clean. Um, you know, kind of the sterile approach. I don't, I just, I've had a hard enough time with substrates, mm-hmm. uh, that, that 
I don't ever find a substrate that I really, really like unless it's like in a planted bioactive enclosure mm -hmm. uh, or with adults. Um, I just seem to have had like issues with substrates with young animals. So I just steer away from it in general yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and just keep them sterile. And, and you know, especially, you know, high, high value rare stuff like, hey, man, we're not risking shit right now. <laughs> I, knew, I was going to ask you if they eat off the tongs or are they like you have to leave it on the bottom? Yeah, of the no, no, they'll eat. I mean, they'll they'll murder now they're murdering stuff. Uh, <laughs> nice so yeah i mean the at first you know uh warm them up you know dangle them sometimes you gotta poke at them a little bit to get them to be like okay fine i'll eat but um now they're you know they're smashing they're smashing stuff that's awesome yeah all right, so there's the whole stigma around throwing multiple males in a cage mm-hmm was there mm -hmm. some kind of apprehension to that? And also, do you think that is something that is definitely helpful in one of the driving forces? Is that something that maybe we should consider as something like cycle feeding and, and temperature stuff and daylight? Is that sure. something else that they might need? Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I think all thing I think all things are on the table when you're <laughs> trying to do something. Right. And, you know, uh I, I definitely felt like uh yeah, well, I mean, what am I going to lose by putting them in there? And like I said, I was like, are these two males? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, it had me confused, right? And I'm like, no, they are. I know they are. They are two males. Yeah, you know. And mm -hmm. so, um, and you know, I think I think the insight came on the back end, but you know, I mean, I definitely think that you know, um, get you know, if it. it reproductive competition is a thing right mm -hmm. I mean, dude any dude knows this like we can all sit here and not be like yep 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 so <laughs> you know if if there's another male who is biting for uh you know that reproductive event uh i think it does nothing but spur on you know um some action or or the the impetus if if uh the one of the males you know was by himself and he said oh, i got nothing i this is you know this is all me this mm -hmm. is all mine and and um i you know i i i don't think in the end that you could say like oh it's it's absolutely critical or necessary but again it's one of those things that's only going to increase the chance of success and if you had a male who maybe wasn't fully into it another male who's like I'll screw your girl dog. <laughs> it, 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 you know, that, that may, that may get him, that may get him motivated enough to do the deed. A little bit of competition there. So mm -hmm. I think, I think there's a lot of focus in the hobby to have 1.2. Yeah. 0.1, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, or 2.2, I guess would be the ideal, but sure. that, in my opinion, 2.2, if you're going to, if you're going to really give it a swing 2.2, Anything else yeah. is oh, and if you're gonna you give know, it a swing, you get six point four. What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry. What's I'm sorry. <laughs> That's if you're trying to hit the home home run. run. Yeah, no, <laughs> two point two. Because then, I mean, how many times have we been in all of us here collectively been in the situation where it's like this is my one point one, sex it. Damn it. Never mind. <laughs> this is my two point oh. Like it's. Yeah. And that kind of stuff where like, or you have a boy that's lazy as shit and doesn't feel like mm -hmm. doing anything. So you got to spur him on. So, um, yeah, and I have heard that other types of scrubs have also been produced with multiple males or yeah. that they need yeah. that kind of competition or drive a little bit. 
Well, and you know, we're not always the best at sharing what we feel are our, you know, magical secrets to success, which is unfortunate (laughs) because, you know, (laughs) God damn it. It's not like it's not like you figured something out that, you know, is is some like you're never going to patent it and make a billion dollars. So (laughs) they do it on their own, share it and (laughs) we can all get on to making, you know, stuff together that helps everybody like i I mean if i if i just tried to keep all the secrets to doing stuff to myself and i'm the only one producing something that nobody else is producing it's not a very effective strategy right it's not not for for the longevity of something that we want to establish right so it doesn't make sense so it's like and especially with hard to breed stuff right so help people out man it's like you're not you you know you may feel like you're winning but in the long when in the reality of things we're all losing it's going to you know it, right, it doesn't right. it doesn't help us so yeah sorry no, no, yeah i mean you're right with it it's like and that then i think things have gotten a little bit better about that mentality but i still yeah. think it hangs in there with a lot of stuff oh definitely definitely yeah. i mean you know and i and unfortunately we we you know snakes and boxes seems to be a very competitive thing so it's like all right i mean you know okay (laughs) so yeah unfortunately it's how it rolls well you've made a million bucks not selling those offspring right chuck you know (laughs) yeah i mean and and, you know like honestly when i do end up selling them i'm not gonna sell them for a lot of money they're just gonna go to the right people that I feel like it will be ensured that, you know, like, yes. I, like I, I, I mean, people were like, Oh, are you going to trade those for this or that? And I thought about it for a while and I was kind of like, you know, like, yeah, there's some stuff that I, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on to mm-hmm. trade for that. But then in the end I'm like, but what am I like for the, for the long-term success of what I started out with? Is that right. the right way to do it? Like, no, let somebody else who has that thing buy those or trade for those and let them figure that out. This will be my thing. And I'll work with other people to do my thing so that we can all ensure that we get it done together. And the monetary part of this is is less important, but ensuring the longevity of the project. And I felt like holding those clutches back until I knew that things were safe and things were secure and that, you know, and, and and I'm not saying that other people can't do this. I just know that I'm I'm doing okay with it, and my my adults are living long time, and you know my babies seem to be doing well, and that's all I know. And mm-hmm. and so I feel safe that way. But past that, I'm scared, and I don't want to send those out and have bad outcomes, you know, because for whatever reason, whatever mm-hmm. happens, you know, um, you and Shane sending each I, yeah, other a box we, is a lot more important than any other thing that can happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And, and, you know, I, I, I know somebody who, um, who had, you know, a, a bad incident around something pretty rare and now he's kind of stuck and I feel horrible for him, but it's like, it wasn't his fault. But it, it just reinforced my whole thing of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not moving these out anywhere. I'm not, you know, I'm holding yeah. on to them because I don't lose by doing that right now. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the problem with those rare speed on you, I don't know, you guys can comment on this after I say this, but like, I think and me and Rob have talked about this before, but those rare 
species, you typically have a higher price tag, which I feel that sometimes keeps it out of the hands of people that could do the species justice mm-hmm. because they can't afford, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Bolins is uh, is an example. It's 10 grand for a snake. Like, how can you have a group of them? How are you going to have two males? I mean, it's yeah. just damn near impossible. And I think that it sort of, I don't know, it, 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 it doesn't give the species in captivity the best uh, trajectory for success, if you will, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't yep. know. What do you guys think? It, yep. it limits what you can do because, I mean, you can't really – like what Chuck was saying, like everything's on the table. If 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 the animals are priced, like you said, bull and I, not all the options are there or feasible unless you have a crap ton of money, in which case – what are you doing trying to breed bullets pythons? So I don't. Well, and, and when you get animals that are 10 grand a piece, mm. it's about selling expensive animals. It's not about breeding bullets pythons, right? right? Like, right. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, and, and it, it, look, I, I'm not, I'm not spending 10 grand on bull and I at all for that. Like, mm-hmm. do I think I could breed them? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think I got as good a shot as anybody. Um, but it's, it's just not, it's not, I just I'm not gonna play that game and that sucks. That sucks yeah. because you know I feel like and and there's a lot of people who would be in my exact same situation, right? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean I got a family and like a mortgage and kids that are teenagers now and like I can't spend that kind of money on a snake, a set of right. snakes mm-hmm. with no guarantee that you know I'm gonna Anything have a good happen. outcome. Yeah. And, and these are live animals, like all of that, and and oh by the way are they even captive bred? No, they're probably wild caught, you know, that have been sold off as farmed hatch or whatever bullshit. They're pulling <laughs> mm-hmm. right. people these days, yeah. you know, so it's, so it's a giant money scheme that, that, you know, and, and we're so about the, the okay, I'm going to, I'm no, you're I'm great. Chuck. You're great. Those have never <laughs> been inexpensive. What's the difference between bull and I and Tracy. I, right. It's a, Bull and I have never been right. cheap. They've been expensive from the seventies. They've never. They've always been a highly valued thing. That's never been about like, oh, okay, you could actually have a group and try and make it work if you applied the technique. All not, not oh, multiple males, but the entirety of what you're doing, staying in the same space, yeah. responding right. to the snakes, all this stuff. Bull and I have never, ever, ever been in that position, and that's where I, they are, where they are, yeah. in captivity. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, we talked about this on on Reptile Fight Club. Casey Cannon came on and he was like, well, at what cost, you know, for, for to was it to to breed Tracy? Was it was it thousands of animals that had to die for that? And it's like, well, it it's whatever it was. And so, yeah. right. I mean, those were shipped in. It wasn't a question of us buying them or not yeah. buying them. They were being exported from Omahara in the years where they, they were weren't gonna, having civil unrest. Right. So they could ship out from the country, what, what, you know. Yeah, whether they were going to die in the shipping box or whether they were going to die in somebody's cage, like mm-hmm. the outcomes back then weren't good either way and they were going to get exported, right? Right. right. Um where where on the on the benefit side of of Bull and I, maybe less have been shipped due to the cost. And mm. so maybe there's a net positive there. That's only but recently the though. They time, were send it it's that right. it became illegal to send non hatchling bull and I, 
what in the like in the right, late right. 90s before that it was totally fine and people would get these six footers that did guess what terribly <laughs> and they still have yeah. problems with yeah. babies but <laughs> who knew yeah yeah yep yeah so and, and it's just it's 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 sad and you know it's it's I mean, I, I, I get it. And, you know, if you kind of know the history of exotic animals and, and where all that comes from, you're kind of like, OK, yeah, I see. I get it. I understand mm-hmm. where the profit, you know, the profit over, you know, um, uh, the the. The, the profit over, you know, animal welfare kind of comes in to play on this and it's unfortunate and it sucks mm-hmm. and it's kind of incumbent upon, you know, people to kind of take up that mantle and do that. And, and Hey man, like I, that, but, but that $10,000 a snake thing, that's stupid. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. Like it, it's, I mean, it, it takes it so far past one person being able to even get a pair and try yeah. the long shot right, and, right. and figure it out, you know? And, and it's just like in that, in that sense, it's just injustice. It's just injustice for the animal. It's injustice for keepers or people who care about, you know, any sense of conservation uh, of yeah. these animals. I mean, it, you know, so. Well, it, it just, it just keeps going because, because we haven't been able to figure out or establish a captive breeding we just keep bringing in the babies from the wild. So that cycle just keep going. It's like, you're talking about with Casey saying that, like, what was the cost of the animals? It's like, I, I, we get that. And yeah, for a while we were hitting our head against the heat and humidity is what's needed. And, you know, I want to say that a lot of animals did kind of get involved, swept up in that, but with the eventuality and the hope of that with yours and chains and Blake's and other stuff like that, that there will be some kind of knit together captive breeding situation where we won't really need to bring over Tracy I anymore. Maybe a few to keep things diverse, but you know, that's, we wouldn't well, do that. that. And that's sort of my other, f- oh, go ahead. Right. Sorry. Well, and that's something that we'll never, I'm not sure if we'll ever get to with bowl and I, because when will you get to that point where you right. don't they've never been there. They've never been there precisely right. because yeah. I mean, yeah, Chuck, I, I love Reptile Fight Club. You know, I love Dr. J and his uh, sweet lady DDP, and your your take is always good. We even don't though talk he's, sweet lady DDP. he's always cheating me out of the coin toss and all this stuff. I love it. I heard that episode. He does. Yeah, what's up yeah. with you? You should, you should <laughs> ask for redos. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, feel but, the same. Uh, I feel the same. I, I think, you know, you I see did listen- best two out of three, I whoop his ass. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's I'm weird how that works out, man. Not a, I'm not a, I'm not a one-time guy, you know. Hundred percent. Gotta give me best two out of three. Yep. I, I, I did hear that one with Casey. I thought it was really good. I, but I would object, right, and say we're just talking about commercialization of wildlife. That has nothing to do with, mm. you know, we shouldn't. There's, it's not fair to be saying, oh, we as people who've kept Tracy, which is. Everyone, weirdly, except Owen in this chat right now, that, uh, you know, somehow that's my fault, whatever happened or didn't happen, or I bear some responsibility for that. No, no, no. I refuse to accept that point of view. And, you know, I don't take that negativity in my life. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, I think, I think, um, the, the, the mass importation at cheap prices has a cost. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, the the sparse importation at high at high prices has another kind of cost yep. because the people who are getting these animals 
a hundred percent. Their motivations are not always altruistic, and, right? And, yeah. And Weirdly, that's yeah, the case. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, right? And, and and so you know, and 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 I get it. People are people, like and and you know, we're just people who are interested in animals. But a Ferrari is a Ferrari, and people are interested in a Ferrari because it's a Ferrari. In the same yeah. way that humans are who are in, into snakes are interested in bull and I because it's a Ferrari. Yeah. So, you know, and they're expensive and they're rare. And ooh, look what I got. You know what I mean? Reptile chicks will dig me. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. What be, I don't know. What I don't know what their motivation is. Yeah, I, like, I, 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 I can't relate. I can't relate. I just got I got fussy, fussy brown, you know, scrub yeah. pythons. Like, <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody I want cares. all the ugly, mean things. That's all we I care. keep getting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, to be honest, like. I kind of like the fact that they're a brown scrub. Like they're they're the most uninteresting looking <laughs> of the scrub pythons to me. That's like the best thing about them is is, right. is is so few people will care that that I can actually probably put together a collective to get this going. Mm. Um, where you know for Bull and I, you're never gonna get enough people to be able to want to work together to get that shit off the ground. Right. And, yeah. and so, you know, you got to have people who are in it for the game and in it for the animal, not in it for the likes or the, you know, the, the flashiness or the whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe some of that's unfair. Maybe some of that's just, uh, painting with a broad brush, but I, I definitely feel like some of that is on point, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I also worry seen, about like. So, ahead, so since ahead, Rob. good Rob, yeah. So since um, they've been produced by OKC, by yourself, by Shane, uh, in Europe, have you seen a loss of interest in them? This was a theoretical question that we were asking a decade ago. Right was as, because of exactly what you're describing. I love this species. You know, I've I've had a whole ton of them. I find them fascinating. You find them fascinating. Everyone here finds them fascinating. But as soon as they lost the mystique of quote the one python that hasn't been bred in captivity, have you noticed that people care less than they cared before? I mean. Look, I am not the person who has their finger on the pulse of all things scrub python, Hmm. Um, but certainly I am left with the feeling that they were a thing to be conquered. And once they were conquered, people were like, well, no challenge there anymore. Somebody did it. That's not I can't put my name on the front of that. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I couldn't put my name on the front of it either. But OKC did. And fucking hell yeah for them man good hey blake what did you guys do like (laughs) you know what like and 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 if i'm able to have success then anybody's able to have success and and shane had success and now i want to see you know other people have success and 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 that's how and and then i want to put together a stud book i want to put together a group and i want to start trading genetics and i want people to focus on you know those the 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 the, the tracier you know i mm-hmm. i think that the people get so wrapped up in the well i did this and i got this and that's under my belt and now i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna do this and that's not that's not the way it works that's not mm-hmm. the way it works with hard to breed stuff is the minute you set it down the next person who picks it up 
you know, unless, and, 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 you know, who knows, we haven't even had enough captive bred animals reproduced of trace A to C of that. This is how it is. But, but my, 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 I suspect that once you set these down, it's not easy to pick them right back up and to just breed any old person to breed them. You know, I think right. that longevity and that like hanging in the game thing, you know, it's, it's incumbent upon us. And especially because Casey is right. There is a cost. There was thousands of animals that died on the way for us to get here. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you really, if you really do give a shit, then you stick with it for that reason, because a lot of suffering and a lot of death had to happen in order for us to get here. And, and Oh, by the way, if we can stop importing and stop having to do that, mm-hmm. you know, we can start to control the prices of bull and I and, 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 you know, it, God forbid we all get together and some of the unscrupulousness of it all starts to, to fade away. And, mm. and we have success at levels where, Hey man, maybe they're, you know, a couple thousand dollars an animal and not $10,000 an animal, right. you know, like I have no issue with that. I mm-hmm. think higher priced animals lead to better outcomes at a certain level. Like once it goes to to a, a ridiculous level, then it's just not good for anybody. Right. I got to say, man, the happiest I've been in the snake, uh, you know, breeding hobby in the past 10 years has been as of recent where I don't really give a shit about the morph game. <laughs> yep. Um, I work with the species I love. I don't have to have everything just because I think that it ticks a box to your point. Um, I get more, I do sell snakes from time to time, you know, for people that I don't know or somebody that's hitting me up and it's looking for something. But I got to tell you, I get the more satisfaction out of sending somebody a snake that fits into the project that they're trying to do that ultimately is pushing the species ahead, whether it's a carpet, a scrub, a anteresia, a rough scale, a Kimberly rock monitor, it doesn't matter. It's you just, giving away roughies? Uh, I'm no. sorry. No. <laughs> not yet. Oh, okay. I'm about to but say, I, I'm about to say if that was point, not right? the first like, call, I will be insulted. <laughs> so. Like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, me and Ove have been doing it for years. Me and Rob have done it. Uh, you know, I've done it with Riley and, and Lucas and all those guys, and mm-hmm. me and Justin have done it to where I still got his gelatin sitting here growing <laughs> up. But... <laughs> It's just too damn cold to ship, man. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but I don't know, man. It, it makes me feel like uh, I guess maybe it's a little bit. Uh, it makes me feel like when I was younger, you know, in the eighties and the in the early nineties, to where that's kind of what it was, right? You bred this, and or you had this, and you traded it to somebody else, and they gave you something else, and now you're working with this species, and you know, I don't know. I, I, I think to me, I think I think chasing something is a hollow pursuit. Now, having a goal yeah. or or enjoying something that brings you happiness is one thing, but chasing a hollow pursuit w- will not lead you to where you want to go. You know, it's, right. not, it's not, in the end, you're always like, well, I, I still feel like I have to do something because I'm not, you know. I, I, this person has this, I, I, Paul Harris has got this morph now and I, I got to have that and this mm-hmm. or that. And it's just like, you know, at some point you, you have to be able to live your life too. And and that's like, it's, it's hard for me because I feel, and it's weird just being a co-host. Like, I feel like I'm undeserving as a co-host because I have no idea what's going on in the reptile community. <laughs> I know so few less people you know, people than Justin knows, but here I am, you know, as a, as a co-host and expected to like, 
you know, comment on shit that sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm just not in, because I don't, I want to go live my life and I like what I like. I do. I like to do what I want to do, but I don't give a shit about anything anybody else is doing anymore. <laughs> like it's right. not important to me, you know, right. like all the, all the, like the backbiting and like the, the showing off. And it's just like, I can go for it, man. Go for it. Yeah. I just, you, know, you don't but, affect me but, in my room. Bye. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel a hundred percent like you do now, Eric. I, I just, I don't, you know, I, it's just, I, I enjoy what I enjoy and I get a pleasure out of, you know, I think it just comes down to surrounding yourself with similar minded people. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, <clears throat> every, we, I've done it with Keith. I've given him gelatins. He's given me this, that, the other, you know, he's saying mm-hmm. like, Oh, if I ever read Bowens, I'm going to give him, you know, get, and it's just like, nah, <laughs> you Keith, give me no, that poison no. pill. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point is, is like, here's like, he doesn't value. I guess he, he's not looking at the value that he could get for that. He's looking at the value to put it in the hands of somebody that's sure. not saying that it would be me, but I'm saying that he's looking at it and saying, okay, Similar to what you're looking mm-hmm. at, right, Chuck? Where you're yeah. saying, okay, who am I going to get these to? Like, okay, maybe I'm going to chart rather than, I don't know, what were the Malukans were like, what, seven grand that just went up and it was just, then is that, it got is that pulled what down. They, I, then, I didn't, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez, what? These were what? Seven grand. 7,500. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it on carpets and coffee and kind of. I'm not trying to throw that guy under yeah, the bus no, at all. No, it's no, not no, about no. that. You, you can price your snakes at whatever you but, want to price. Yeah, you know what? shit what people if charge you get for it, stuff. More power to yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that definitely but is not fostering that again, someone doing well have... with that animal. That that is inarguable. Correct. That is not I mean, the yeah. goal, and yeah. that's right. fine. I mean, everyone can be right. where they're at, and that's right. totally fine. But there's no way in hell that that person has any interest in seeing that further Moluccans in captivity. No way. No, you. There's no, not one iota of that yeah. statement that comports with that that line of you know line of fact. And not then you have to zero. you have to wonder That's you have appalling. to wonder who who <laughs> you have to wonder who's influencing that the that that price right sure. you know it depends yeah. on who you're talking to if yeah. you're talking to somebody that's a a reptile dealer at a show well they're gonna say well nobody has them man i would put you know eight grand on them or whatever it would be like mm-hmm. if bones are 10 then they must be eight you know um something like that yeah yeah i don't know um, that's appalling no again <laughs> I'm not- hashtag no appalling <laughs> <laughs> Rob but, says, but, you know, I mean, it, it, and, and you know, it, it's, but, but when you see, you know, 3,500 for wild caught stuff that's, you know, that's being sold, it's yeah. like, and that's I mean, just yeah. as wrong, you know, Chuck. I that's mean, just as wrong. That's not about oh, keeping I, them in captivity. White lips have exploded. I'm for them. I'm just yeah. saying that, that you see where it, ha- you see right. where it happens. And, you know, look, uh, so, the benefit that we all publicly have when we value stuff at a reasonable price and we are successful with it in, mm-hmm. in a captive setting uh, is a public good. And, and the way we're valuing things now is for a personal good. It's, right. it's, it's how much can I be enriched by doing this? And, you yeah. know, in the, and, 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 and both things happen. They both work. Like you, America is full of very, 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 very wealthy people who've enriched themselves greatly by that mentality. But 
it, it, it doesn't, it, you can see the inequity in our society and it's the same thing in reptiles. We're not going to get where we want to get um, by, by making things rare things, difficult things, um, the, the, the personal good. Right. Mm, that's, yeah. that's just, that's just how I see it. But I, again, like I am not telling anybody how to behave with animals or no. any, it's not my place. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. my, but you're not going to see me engage. I'm going to do right. what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek out people, you know, who are like-minded, who, who share my views and share and, and hopefully, you know, that they stick true to their integrity and they behave in the same way and don't sell out to, to just make money. And eventually, you know, and and like I said, they're brown scrub pythons. They're never, they're not, you know, (laughs) people are going to be like, I don't even know how much I could sell this for. And there's none of them out there. So it's like, you know, I I, I mean, yeah, I, it's just, I I don't know, man. I, I wish, and you know, I mean, Justin and I talk a lot about where we would love to see the community go and and things we need to do moving mm-hmm. forward to help legitimize ourselves. And, and you know, I mean, I, I would love to work with AZA facilities and I would love to do stuff like yeah. that. But the, the hesitance on their part is warranted. Yeah, it, it is. is. And it comes from a long history of being like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're like, I'm not, I'm not doing They don't want to work with us because it's, it, they have to concern themselves with the fallout of what it would look like when private hobbyists start making bad decisions with AZA uh, animals. Stock, yeah. Right. And, and I yep. get it. I get it. But man, you know, if we want to be legitimized and it's easy to marginalize reptile keepers. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's such a steep uphill battle with us and, you know, education, community, um, all those things are things we need, but it's just not things we do very well. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's very frustrating. You know, it's very frustrating. That's why I like to just be like, screw them all. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. out." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just me. Quickly no, <laughs> become no, that one. <laughs> become that one reptile you. guy that can't be found and only appears randomly at shows, yeah. and you have to catch him in order to yeah. buy animals. And, and, yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm sure when I when I bred those Tracier the first time, people were like, "Who? Yeah, who the fuck is that? I don't know who that is." Like, right. uh, you know what I mean? Is he on YouTube? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, I would say. Had it been somebody who's more well-known, the fanfare of it would have been much larger. But it was literally all of the people in the Somalia Facebook group who liked it, and that was it. You know, I had like one or two people message me like, hey, I heard you bred those. Good job. You Mm -hmm. know, or maybe we could talk sometime. But, I mean, it wasn't like a big, you know, a big thing. Cool. Fine with me. I don't, you know. Which makes you think, is it about the person or is it about the animal? Again, right? and mean, again, like I don't have my pulse on the on the reptile community, but like I said, I feel like once the mystique, you know, of of doing something nobody's done wore off, everybody disappeared. And because especially because it was done by somebody, nobody really, you know, is not out there. Nobody heard of who cares about that, dude. And it's like, yeah. I, you know, I, I mean. 
And, you know, maybe that's just me being an asshole, grumpy old man kind of thing. But, you know, it's you just see it enough and you're just kind of like, well, now, Chuck, I think you're a thousand percent right. And it fits into the so the Solomon Island tree boas that I've done, Jamaican boas, Puerto Rican, all this stuff that it's it's not as extreme and that people have done it before. So, you know, it's way more than Mm -hmm. the Homohara context. But same thing. What became clear to me was you better not be doing this for the social media likes associated with this, because, Mm -hmm. you know, so I. First litter of Solomon Island tree boas came five or six years after I first had, you know, got adults and all this that working with them this whole time. Oh, your post that had this thing that is the thing that has been the culmination of this five or six year effort, right? I got 200 likes. Well, that's nothing in this context, right? And it's like, and then it's gone. And it's like, well, I'm sure as heck glad Mm -hmm. that I'm not doing it for the value of the social media likes because that wasn't very satisfying. Mm Mm-hmm. So you better be in it for your yeah. own self, yeah. you know, because that, that ain't that ain't gonna help anything. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Cool. Um, I guess we will close out on uh, maybe you can talk real quick about keeping your carpets outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, I I'm out here in Southern California, San Diego, California. Um, and so, you know, I've talked with people for years about like, Oh, you know, you could totally keep stuff outside. And, and I have, uh, a, a, a big old pair of coastal carpet pythons that I got, uh, the, the female I got from Ben team, uh, way back in the day off of MP. And, um, the male is Camus from uh, Luke oh, nice. Snell's Redline. Ah, nice. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, and I've had them for years now. And I said, you know what? I'm going to build a cage. I'm going to put them outside. And I'm just going to see how that goes. Because, um, and, and you know, they're both probably 20-something years old now. Uh, so, they're older animals. Like, I'm, I'm really not trying to breed them necessarily. Just you know, setting them out there and, and letting them live. And, and it's just been really interesting Mm -hmm. putting them outside. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, stop what you think you understand and, and just make some observations. And, you know, I've got them in probably, uh, you know, a, a four by three by three enclosure. And they have like a, they have like a, a sub, like, I don't know if I don't, I don't know how to like on the, uh, it's, it's partitioned to where they can kind of go inside like a, a large hide box and they have cool. uh, one of those cane heat mats um, where mm-hmm. if it, when it gets really cold in the winter for us, which 40 degrees uh, at <laughs> worst. Right. Yeah. 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 We're, I think we're in the teens over here. So, so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and so, you know, I, I can put that on and, and, uh, they're just, they're just fine. Um, but, you know, my observations were that they'd be out and cruising at 50 degrees, like just like nothing. Just that they don't, you know, the, 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 the the heat would be on and they would just both be out in in the middle of the night in 50 degrees just out doing their thing um wow won't that's awesome bat, they'll bask a little sometimes they won't even bask during the day but at night when it's cold they're out so it's like wow. man what like 
What? What does it like, make I, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't understand what's happening here anymore. Like, so, you know, again, it, it always, it's always one of those things that challenges me into like, I thought I got this. I thought I knew, but man, that's, that's crazy. And so mm-hmm. I've also got a pair of diamond pythons that I want to move outside. Um, and I want to see how they behave and, you know, and, and then I'm like, I just want to move all my carpets outside, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I've got, I've got a pair of variegata, uh, some, some albino variegata that I got from Carrie and Todd and mm-hmm. I want to put them outside. And I think Justin made the comment, well, it's, it's probably a little too cold for them. Like, is it, is it, I don't even know anymore. Is it like, you know, so, I, um, it, it's just been really interesting to keep outside because it, it again it, it challenges and cuts at those things that you take for granted like oh they're that you know when, once it gets cold or, or it's below 60 degrees they're not out like no they're totally out uh and right. and you know you you don't you don't associate coastal carpets with some of the i mean obviously they experience some cooler temperatures but mm-hmm. they're not you know they're not on the coolest cool side you know they're not that southern ranging australian carpet python right like you're, right you're you're thinking like spolota spolota or metcalfi does those really bulletproof cold um you know or or even bread lie that get that cold desert stuff but mm-hmm. you know I, I mean i just i guess i didn't so I, I thought the, the the behavior that I see is not the behavior definitely that I expected to see. But if you're in, you know, a Mediterranean climate, man, and you're not keeping outside, like I, I, I recommend it. It's super cool. Um, and, you know, I mean, I save power that way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if, if you can, you know, we, we all know that our, our power bills never get any cheaper year to year. Um, I thankfully have solar being in Southern California. So that definitely helps me out for my indoor stuff, but Hey man, why not capitalize? Like, yeah. um, so, you know, it, uh, yeah, I've, I've really found that interesting at mostly the, the, the weather, you know, the, their activity during times where I didn't think that I'd see them as active was probably the most strikingly interesting thing. Other than that, they're, you know, they're just carpet pythons living their life outdoors yeah yeah that's that's awesome though i wish that's the uh so that was that came directly from luke that Mm -hmm. that girl yeah yeah so luke was luke was um moving him out and uh he i think he had put him up i don't remember if he had put him up for sale or what had happened um but yeah i was just like yeah i'll totally you know he he sold them to me pretty cheap but mm. he was and and luke was kind of getting out of snakes at that yeah. point right yeah um and i was just like oh dude and you know camas is that's a fucking badass red coastal man like that's yeah. who produced v yeah yeah oh I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Shit. that's v yeah. <laughs> that's a fa- that's like a founding line red coastal, oh yeah for sure all right like, that's so uh, that's related to your red coastal yeah Jag, i got, got a granddaughter yeah all right yeah yeah so um and i heard that just, name i was like man i haven't heard that name in forever right? <laughs> right? so but it's fun isn't that cool that, i love like, that you, yeah. know, you get like a an old like an old old coastal that's like you know the the from a lineage that you just don't that that's like so far down the road now but you never hear yeah. about those old animals and i i just like when i those blasts from the past names come back up and you're like oh my god i remember that yeah. like that's super cool 
So, Bumblebee tuna Bumblebee too. Bumblebee tuna. Yeah. That's man, you just like pulled that one right out of my brain. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Exactly what uh, I was thinking of. Jeez. Awesome. So yeah. All right. Owen, you want to hit a couple closing questions yeah, and we'll we wrap can it hit up. That. Just hang on one okay. Sick. I have to pull them up now. All right. Hmm. Good ones for Chuck. <laughs> All right. Which species have you tried to breed and failed the most? Um, I never really had any luck with bread lie. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, and it may have just, I only had a pair. I really didn't get into a ton of them. I had some, um, some het lasix, uh, mm. some het stripe lasix that just, they just didn't do anything. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I just had no luck And it. You know, it may have been the animals. It may have been me. I, you know, who, who knows? Uh, and I mean, I've had the here's and there's, Mm -hmm. um, but that was probably the one that probably caused me like the most like, um, you know, at, at some point in my carpet python keeping uh, career, uh, I wanted to breed all of the, you know, the species, subspecies, get through all that. And so I was on that on that path and that really bummed me out. But um, but but in no way did I even come close to breeding all of them. So whatever. Gotcha. Who gives a who gives a shit about <laughs> flushing <laughs> dreams down the toilet? So yeah. Not on this program. No. Nope. Um, nope. <laughs> um, in North America, the toilet swirls this, this way. way. Yeah. To build a machine to make it go the other way when yeah. we're in Australia. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um all right. What species do you have regret passing on? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, man, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> um, because I didn't pass on a lot of species when I got the opportunity. I, what I did, what I did do, was get overloaded and realize that. That the amount of snakes and stuff that I was keeping was not working, sustainable. Yeah. And, and I do, I mean, you know, I gave a lot of that stuff up and, and mm. a lot of it went to, you know, my Maugline inlands went to Justin and like, the, like a lot of that stuff stayed in the orbit somewhere. Right. But in the family. I do, yeah. yeah. But, and, and I do, I really miss those inlands. Um, mm. and, but, but yet at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy not having all those snakes too. So it's, it's a weird, like, it's uh, you know th th I'm, I feel like I'm kind of giving you the political retort to this question, <laughs> like I'm not really answering it, but I'm giving yeah. you a response. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I mean I I definitely miss the probably the inlands. I think they were so cool, and I got them so early on, and like I swear to God, it was like me and Justin and maybe a couple other people. Like, no, you should get these. They're awesome. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> um, and and you know now now you know they're they're out there a little bit more, and you hear people who are like, well, they're so cool. They're so different. I'm like that's what I was saying. <laughs> like, but you know, it, it, they they were so they were super fun, and I do I do regret not having them right now. Cool. And uh, what is one piece of advice you can give to the reptile community? <laughs> one? Yes, one. <laughs> one. Only one. Only Didn't we one. just talk about ten of them? I mean, God's sakes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is true. You want me to pull an original one out now? Yeah. Oh. 
They I made mean, me redo the questions. They're very mean to me, so I had to be mean <laughs> to the guests. It's yeah. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. It's all right. I'll I'll answer. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I think I think if I had to tell people anything is don't 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 worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about. Um, you know, don't get caught up in the game. Don't get mm. caught up in the idea that you got to have this, have that, do this, do that. And, and, and there's no such thing as being somebody in reptiles. Like you can be somebody you can. And, and I look up to the Casey Lazics. I look up to, but I look up to a lot of different people and it has nothing to do with being the man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or, or like what you've done. And, and so I just, like, as I said before, I think chasing that is a hollow pursuit and, and finding what you, what, what, what you get out of it, what you love. And, and you know what, going too far, getting too many animals, that's a natural progression. And it's hard not to do because there's so many cool reptiles and you get wrapped up in it and you, but, but, but don't be afraid to just be like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm on the wrong. I'm on, I'm not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't stay this course, mm-hmm. but work with what you like. I, I think that's just, and that's, you know, I think most people who are kind of, been doing it and, and is on kind of the, I, you know, I feel like, I guess what I'll say is, I, and I've said this is that I think there is a trajectory of reptile keeper. And, and a lot of us have that similar story and we can all relate because we all go through the same thing. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, people who have been in it kind of the same amount of time as you tend to have your same kind of outlook because they were like, yeah, I did that too. I get it. I'm just not there anymore. And, and, you know, as somebody who's not there anymore to somebody who may be still there, like, don't feel like you have to engage in that. It's not, you know, I'm not telling you not to, I'm just telling you, like, (laughs) you may end up, you may end up not as happy as you think having all that stuff. There are other ways. Um, Yep. And then I guess the, uh, the last one would be, uh, if you could restart your reptile keeping career over again, Mm. what would you change if anything? And what would it be? Damn. You do write some dickhead questions. Oh, <laughs> that one came from Nipper. That That's, one I stole. That, it sounds Nipper. like a Nipper right there. Yeah. I got nippered. Yeah. Um, man, that's tough. Um, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I probably would have. I would probably go the monitor route, where where I was doing a lot of small like dwarf Mm -hmm. uh monitors of of a lot of different species like i i just love you know mike and and like all of the just the i just i just think they're they're so smart so rich so fulfilling uh and yet such a challenge and Mm -hmm. you know you don't need to keep a ton of them to have a a a very fulfilled full-time you know hobby uh so i i think i think and, and, you know, I, I did monitors for a while and it was just like I had snakes and I had and and if I could reset where I didn't have snakes, I didn't have, you know, day geckos and, uh, you know, uh, other stuff and I could just focus on monitors. I, that's probably the way I would go. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, they are addicting. Woo. Dude. Big time, <laughs> big time. I mean, they're just, you know, they look at you and the, their behaviors and. Like there is nothing funner than watching an Aki, you know, chase, chase down crickets, 
uh, that are running around an enclosure. Like it's, it's the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. Like it's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. I get to do it while I edit podcasts every yeah. week. Yeah. Why you just, and I just Kims, get captivated yeah. by them. Like, oh man. That's why it takes why, so long. Yeah. And this is why the pod father now lives high as a hog in his yeah. house, house of heaven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm uh, with it. It's good stuff. I'm with it. Well, thanks for coming on, Chuck. Major congrats. Yeah, thank you. Dude. No, I mean, thank you for having nothing. me on. It's it's really good to kind of come on and chop it up with you guys. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully more to come. Uh, Absolutely. And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks. We'll have to do a Fight Club NPR versus the Fight Club. I don't, I'm super they, down. I, I, I know. Well, yes. I know. I, yeah, I know. I know Owen is going to be the the one that's going to come kicking and screaming, but I I have the usually is. faith that Eric can implement contractual obligations uh, to create create what we need, what yes. the world needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I stuff. would love it, dude. I would love to get you guys on. That would be that would be the the shit. Justin kept pitching that when we were in Arizona. It'd be like a lolly, be like so wants to record a fight club it's like will you stop it like we're in the middle of it like we're on a mountain dude like so yeah it was but you was pushing hard cool. all right well that will wrap it up and uh yeah we'll get the heck out of here and uh yeah until next week so next week we're on a roll of these well, it's actually t- tomorrow for us. Tomorrow for us. <laughs> you nobody yeah. will hear it till next week. But yeah, yeah, no, not till two weeks. But two Lisa's weeks. coming sure. on to talk about breeding white lip pythons. So oh. be, uh, be, oh. I did that one for you. Thank um, you. <laughs> I need to know because I have several that are trying to at put me. these little seeds in your brain. I'm trying to get just to slowly get it, get going it there. So yeah. yeah, get that white whale ticked off your list. Oh you can- God, blackface <laughs> white lips, and then I can retire. Yeah, that, uh, that's when his contract is up. That's when when, that's the old, well, they actually that's didn't know is that's the thing that will set me free. Is that's yes. the end of the contract? Yeah, correct. So it's close. your only way out. Man. Only way out. Black wow. face, white bags. No yeah. pressure. None. <laughs> I mean, I could have gave you like you know bowling. He was he was generous. Like that, yeah. But, you know, I was like, yeah. a little lenient with you. Yeah. Contractual yeah. obligation that you have to fulfill. <laughs> I mean, what? That was only what the first species uh, uh, that Rick, uh, Doctor Richard Ross, bre- ever bred, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, in a in yeah. a fucking. I mean, not the, you know, not a big deal. MPD. Under an incandescent light bulb, like I hate that guy. Like I love him and I hate him. Like come on. He's like Dude. I noticed it was cold in my basement. So and they bred. It's like what? Uh, they just started breeding. <laughs> got six hundred dollars worth of computer systems on the ones I got downstairs, and they're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Student of the serpent, my man. <laughs> Student of the serpent. Word. Um. Yeah. Uh. So. Um, if you want to see what we got going on, all the different podcasts, uh, be sure to check out Chuck and Justin's uh, podcast, Reptile Fight Club, um, over on MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. And that's all I got. Uh, go to check out the Teespring store for all your NPR merch. Anyway, um, and then also, uh, and it's gone. Lost it. That's it uh, for all of us. We'll catch everybody next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good good night. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Ah! Good night. Fuck it.